Oh, fuck. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. I'm a supporter of human beings. I tell you, man, that's the best thing for my body. Well, if you want to be like me, a loser, go ahead and smoke. Is that beef? Nah, niggas, we. You come for me. Ta-ta there, retard. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, yes. This is a new live son of a bitch. Man, don't you keep up with current events? We ain't illegal no more, nigga. Do you know how bad you sound? Oh, man. Boy, boy. Oh, yes. We are aware. But we just don't care. It's another Tuesday night. I hope you're feeling all right. It is November 28th, getting toward the end of it. And broadcasting live from FEMA Region 7. You're listening to Bowl After Bowl, episode 285. I'm Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I am Dame DeLorean. And uh, that makes you a bowler. Yeah, welcome, bowler. Right on time. Right on time. Oh, yeah. Well, we had three Thanksgivings since last bowl. That sounds right, (laughs) I guess. Thankful for that. Yeah. Thankful for you and all the bowlers and all the value. No doubt. Flying around everywhere from here to there. From sea to shining sea, from bowl to bright old bowl. That's how we do it. That's how we roll it. Yeah. So we had the laid back Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving Day. Always the best kind. Yes. Yeah, the one where you can shamelessly take a nap at any point in time and not get out of your jammies. <laughs> yeah. You gotta and love that. We we were going to smoke ribs, and I don't mean to trigger you. No, I don't remember what all. happened that day. Just everything. Yeah, life. And so we smoked hot dogs, the mm-hmm. best damn hot dogs I've ever had. It was a nice little method that I had not done oh. before, but yeah. They tasted like a sausage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were really nice. Could have fooled anyone. All beef uh, monster dogs that uh, turned out so delicious. Yeah. I'm going to do them that way every time now. With the gourmet roll. Just the offset flame. Because, mm. you know, I usually just char them a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. And you give me the blackest dogs. They just kick, uh, they just cook up too fast the way I normally do it. <laughs> but that, sm- that lower smoke temperature, you know, they still end up splitting and getting all nice and juicy, but the flavor. Oh, it's way more flavorful. Oh, it's so good. That hickory smoked uh, hot dog. What, yeah. What an American Thanksgiving. Hickory dickory dogs. Thanksgiving in the swope right there. And what else? I did a side. I did beans. I was making beans on Thanksgiving. (laughs) Upstairs, she was busy making beans. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. And then I had homegrown hits that night. Indeed. Which just went off without a hitch. It was flawless. (laughs) Everything was awesome. Everybody was ready for the new setup. 
It was very cool because it was an in-person show for Mary-Kate Ultra and Daisy B. Cooper, and I was there in spirit. I could feel myself between them a few times. Those are always so fun. In-person shows? Yeah. Yeah, but they're also weird. Oh, definitely. And when it's a road setup, that's tough, too. I'm a huge fan of weird, though. You know this. Oh, yeah. Me, too. I think MK and DBC had a great time. Weird gets me going. (laughs) When the going gets weird, the weird go pro. That's right. And so, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I'm just thankful that they were willing to do it on Thanksgiving with me uh, while the MKs were traveling. And yeah, we had some audio hiccups, but that's to be expected. Come on. Yeah. Every week, it's like something has changed. Well, you know. Can't just set it and forget it as I'm learning. Yeah. And then. The more times you do the troubleshoot process, too, the quicker you start to uh, know where to follow the little lines, you know? The little lines. I'm going to check things in this order because I'm going to go from most likely thing that's fucked up to least. Oh, yeah. Well, things definitely clicked in my brain for me. And this was a big part of why I wanted to start a podcast and be in control of the RSS feed was so I could learn all of the stuff that you do in case someday I have to do a solo bowl or something. Which, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you were here with kidney stones, so I think we're good. (laughs) Even if on your deathbed, you'd be like, bring me the laptop and still take charge of the It's 8.30, we gotta get ready for the show. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But now I know the process and you know the publication and mm-hmm. all that jazz and now i'm learning audio in a way yeah. i'm not great at it but <laughs> i'm fi- i'm starting to figure it out like oh wow on clean feed if it's bouncing in my little box when mm-hmm. they're talking that means that they are hearing themselves and it's my fault <laughs> it's always good to know always good to know when you're the guy at fault so it took about an hour of troubleshooting but we got the show going and hey if you listen in post you have no idea that's one of the beauties of podcasting, you know? Mm-hmm. The live audience is in on the uh, the stage production, if you will, with all of its uh, flaws and this and that. Yeah, just producing along the way. And then uh, I do such minimal editing to the show that you get, you know, the same disaster once you're listening after. Oh, yeah, without the long <laughs> pauses and searching for stuff that sometimes happens. Yeah. And... F- should I just go in chronological order or Thanksgiving's first? Oh, I didn't know there were rules to the recap. I thought we just kind of <laughs> used this as, you know, a warming up exercise. Well. Keep the bowlers informed and kind of, you know, get into it. Friday, we had a most excellent Bulls with Buds. We did. It was off the hook. Yeah. If, um, if you weren't able to catch that Bulls with Buds on Friday, the planets and stars aligned to have it line up right after the podcasting 2.0 board meeting that day um, because they decided to go early for Black Friday. And then we got Void Zero right in there uh, in that slot after. Right in. Right and, into the uh, pool. Wow, that was a great time. Yeah. Some surprising stuff about um, the whole genesis of the Zero Node IRC network and kind of the old infrastructure that no agenda and its stream and its uh, podcast distribution servers used to run on. Um, I hadn't even heard of the old guard guys. Mm-hmm. And I think 
I I went back and looked at some records, and I'm pretty sure twenty uh, fall of twenty thirteen would have been when I first started listening. Oh. So you know, just a young no agenda lad, only about ten years. Yeah. Um, I always do get a kick though. I told this to Void Zero, but I always get a kick out of the donation notes that are like, "Yeah, longtime listener here, found you in the early days of COVID." <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Oh, you sweet young pup. But it is sweet. Come on in. And hey, you stick around for a couple of years. Next thing you know, it's been a decade. It's pretty nuts, actually. It makes me feel like an old fuck. But mm. there's always an older fuck. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and that's the one uh, grace God gives us, I guess. And uh, yeah, man, some origin stories that even predate No Agenda going down. Yeah, it was epic. That was such a fun show. And uh Void Zero, such a sweet guy. If you guys haven't went over to noagenda.ninja yet and helped chip in to get this guy a new machine, please. Um, you should do it. Void Zero.ninja. Yes. N I N G A. N I N J A. <laughs> Jesus. Ninga. No agenda. <laughs> Noagenda.maniga.slash uh, SWP.com. Uh, slash whoops what in the show notes <laughs> no agenda dot ninja my ninjas but it's thanks to void zero that we are here right now and that you are potentially in the chat room pound bull after bull on the zero node that's all thanks to him it is indeed he's brought us together and created all these communities what a beautiful guy giving us protection through connection exactly and oh my his voice to die for. He has the setup, man. He needs he has another the podcast. He made me feel like I'm on a uh, pair of earbuds for a pair of like <laughs> yeah. 2012 era Apple earbuds or something trying to talk. <laughs> Spencer, turn your speaker down. <laughs> oh, I have no speakers. No, it was. During the show. Yeah, it was awesome, <laughs> but he sounded flawless. He did. Right from the get-go. He there did. Was- no tweaking or fiddling his knob. No, definitely not. He, I heard him and then I had to make adjustments on yeah. my own mic to try to even, no, it was beautiful. We're, uh, Guy j- knows what he's doing. Jiggling our own handles over here trying to figure it out. But figuring it out, we are. Figuring out, we are indeed. And then. And if you're not on noagenda.ninja right now, then like, come on. All of that was for nothing. I'm not kidding. Go over there. Click on goals and uh, you can see he's trying to get a new computer. Send him some value. We uh, messed around last night. Oh, I'm not skipping it. Saturday, we had our traditional Thanksgiving. The family Thanksgiving. At Pop's house with Mm -hmm. your sister. Sister's wife. All of our wolf gang. (laughs) Yeah. And that was great. Yep. Your usual uh, food, food, and more food. It snowed. It did snow. It didn't stick. It's it, gone now. It, it, like, there's a couple patches of snow. It was no big cheese, but it did turn the uh, landscape white for a little while there. Yeah. It was beautiful and scenic, and the kids got to play in it, and so it was great. Um, and then Sunday, you smoked the ribs, and I knew that Cotton Gin must have been under the weather because he didn't show up. Yeah, man. I hope he could still smell them anyway. Yeah, me too. Yeah, they turned out dynamite. So good. I was... uh Finally satisfied after waiting like almost a week from when I originally wanted to do the ribs. But hey, what are you going to do? Thanksgiving's a weird time. You got to roll with the punches, change the schedules and all this and that, you know? Can't just have plans for Thanksgiving. 
because other people's plans are flagged as important and they like overwrite yours. Well, you know, we're so good at adapting and overcoming that it's just no big thing for us. And we're like, sure, we'll move everything around for you. All good. Despite my plans having a far higher degree of specificity and proximity, these other plans overwrite. But, you know, I can roll with it. We're adaptable here in the bowl. That's the point of the bowl. That's right. Last, and then last night. Last night was like the most mon- like activity-packed Monday I've had in ages. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was crazy. It's like I, I work uh, the full regular day. Mm-hmm. And then we get off, throw a bunch of boxes in the mail. Yeah, it's, and you know, holiday season. Decide to check out what's going on at the train station. Because the kids love any excuse to go to the train station. Union Station. The big grand, uh, wonderful train station downtown. And uh, they've got like this Winter Wonderland situation going on right now. Yeah. Big uh, Christmas decorations with singing animatronic animals. and Which I'm a sucker for. A little miniature train that kids could ride on. Members are free. Golly gee. So that was good. Um, lots they, of model trains that were Christmas themed. That's right. They've got all their model trains kind of expanded. They've always got the little model train museum that's open, yeah. but uh, they kind of expanded its footprint for the special Christmas exhibit. And a lot of the, they just, you know, redid every train and every house to be all the Christmas themed stuff. They had dancing fountains inside, which was definitely John's favorite part. Yeah. He didn't even notice you went away. He's got to uh, always play in the frickin' water anytime he sees it. He was good. I don't think he put his hands in it. He just was mesmerized. It is um, that motion of those those fountains. I always love that, too. We're the city of fountains. Water in motion or fire in motion. Always, Mm. Always could just transfix me as a kid. Yeah, and as an adult for me. I was mesmerized also. That no was doubt. Cool. So we got our uh, some Christmas photos taken care of. We did. That was unexpected, but cool. <laughs> Mail then... is expensive, so I've just been texting them to all the olds. Right. <laughs> it's what you got to do these days. Yep. Sad. We did hit uh, Fritz's Up, which is always a restaurant that... Oh, yeah. I would try to get JCD to go to. Definitely. If he was ever around. Not for the cuisine... By any means, it's just a hamburger hot dog joint. Although they're the old school ones that maybe he could appreciate in a nostalgic way. But the food is brought out to you by a train. Yeah. Which is a great gimmick and a real working set that, you know, the train just runs on this track around the entire restaurant and it comes right over your table. It's just classic diner type uh, seating. And as the train goes by your table, if it's your order, this little peg falls down, bink, and it keeps the tray from progressing with the train. It basically slides that tray right off the train as it goes by. And then it lowers down on this pneumatic arm down to your table. Beautiful. And every time we go, I hope that a tray will fall off onto someone's head. And this time it was almost me that it happened to. I don't know what went down with that train, but it stopped right above our table. I don't think it was our food either. And then the tra- the tray was like... It was our food. They just had to send it around. It didn't... Oh, they had to loop it back The around. peg didn't fall the first time around. Yeah. First time I've ever seen that happen. 
the 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 first time actually. Yeah, it was weird. It was a glitch. It was a glitch. Um, yeah, ate there, had a great time. Finally made it home, and uh, I get a text from Tunta. Shout out Tunta. Tunta. That uh, there's an impromptu Jackbox session going down. Jackbox, Jackbox. So we Jackboxed it up. Yeah. My care was American Ultra. That's right. And the gang. Hyperspace out. The little hyperspace out action, which is always a great time. And we thought for sure we weren't going to have one this weekend, but boom, out of nowhere, one appeared. That's right. Bada bing, bada boom, bada bowl. Which is always a great excuse to postpone your bedtime. (laughs) (laughs) And chores. And chores and whatever you think you need to do. Have you seen the dishes? It's so urgent. (laughs) I have seen the dishes. I don't want to talk about it. Something is happening. (laughs) Something is happening. Oh, man. Have you seen the bowlers, though? I have seen them. I see them right now. Look at all those bowlers out there. Hello, bowlers. We always like to thank the bowlers toward the beginning of the show for the value they contribute to keeping this thing going. We do produce the show on a value-for-value basis, um, just like the greats before us. Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak of No Agenda, who kind of pioneered the whole thing. And, of course, many... um, in the sphere have adopted it as well. We're only in the game because of the Hogaroos over there at hogstory.net. That's right. John Fletcher and Carolyn Blaney, who got us back after a long hiatus of bull after bull. And we've been ripping them every Tuesday since. Uh, so it's a big movement. It's not just our idea. It's not just, uh, John and Adam anymore. It's this whole, uh, movement. An international lifestyle, if you will. An ecosystem. Yeah, a community, perhaps. And uh, you get in where you fit in. And you get out of it what you put into it. And that's the value for value system. We've been uh, running with that for a few years now. It's a wonderful way to live. The way it works is we just put value into the show and put it out there. Say, here it is. Uh, Evaluate it. Maybe you get value out of this. Maybe you don't so much. And you can find something else. It's all good. There's no hard feelings. But maybe it is for you and you find value in it in some way. All we ask is you think about what that value means to you. Analyze it. And resubmit it back into the whole flow of the value system. It's how value for value works. And we appreciate each and every single person who contributes that value to keep us running. Keep the lights on. Keep the servers churning. Uh, A couple of bowlers came in through the PayPal. Including during the last show. uh, And I missed it because we were on the air. But we had uh, Guzman of the Midwest. Hey, Guzman. He's back. Thank you. And uh, he says in a note, I love you guys. Love. Ain't much, but all I got, ATM. Guzman of the Midwest. So cheers, Guzman. Appreciate you. Thank you. Good to hear from you. And yeah, that's the wild thing about subjective value, you know? Like, everybody has different value systems everybody gets something different out of it and everybody has different means you know and uh a little to one guy can be a lot to other and vice versa and we just appreciate your value that's why value for value works so well is because you're the only one that can really properly assess it from your own perspective what's the value i i don't know i can't possibly put a price on it because that's uh that's you that has to figure that out that's you boulder i'm humbled by every single piece of value that comes this way still definitely 
Yeah, we love, appreciate it, and we just try to keep that volley going back and forth. All right. Get the value in and try to put it back out there for you week after week. Uh, so does the Rev who comes in, by the way. Oh, Rev. On the PayPal's, his monthly stonation of 420. Thank you, Rev. Which is always at a clutch time at the end of the month. We appreciate that very much. Uh, cheers to Rev Cybertrucker. He, of course, does the metal moment each week. And also chips in as a bowler. He does it all. What a guy. What a guy. What a we, Rev. We appreciate you, brother. Those are the PayPals. That, of course, can be reached at the bottom of every page of BullAfterBull.com. There's a big donate button. And uh, you can make those recurrings. Or you can do a one-off. Send a note with it if you wish. And uh, if for whatever reason there's not a spot for the note or you want to say something additional, you can always email me, spencer at bullafterbull.com. We also have some boosties in this new live son of a bitch that you may heard about. Uh, Podcasting 2.0. This is a new live son of a bitch. We're talking live uh, Bitcoin micropayments in instant real time. Over the doomed, dead, dying, uh, given up on lightning network that happens to be working just fine uh, every day for the last three years that we've been on that with a node. And uh, we couldn't be more excited about it. We see uh, more sats flying around every day, not less. And this whole new, uh, I don't know, m mental bomb that's been going on amongst the Bitcoin Twitter bros about how the lightning network is silly and oversold and we, we should just pack it up boys let's go home yeah don't be butt coiners come on let me bowlers present to you evidence that uh that could not be further from the truth rolling back to last Ooh. week well if you don't know what we're talking about though you should get yourself a nude podcast app by taking off all your clothes and going to nudepodcastapps.com, finding something that's value-enabled. And you can play around with a bunch of them because they all have great points. I like. I have so many apps on my phone <laughs> that I listen to podcasts. And, and that there, is, that is a great point. Send a boost. And that's where you can leave a little message and sprinkle some Satoshis our way. And to get you in the mood, we got a jingle. I'm gonna boost some sats. I've got forty thousand in my wallet. I'm 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 boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. Yeah, this is fucking awesome. Here we can uh, definitively definitively prove that lightning is completely dead and no longer working. Uh, starting with fourteen twenty sats from Harv Hat on the fade out last show, coming in from Curio Caster. We appreciate you. Thank you, Harv Hat. The next boost on our list was from Lavish. Oh, Lavish, thank you. One, two, three, four, five on the fountain application there. And uh, he says, good night, lovely bowlers. Hit us with the night-night boost. Appreciate that. Uh, we did have some homegrown... Homegrown hits. Homegrown boosts. Homegrown busty boosts, if yeah. you know what I'm saying. A uh, big string of those, and everybody seemed to love the... The Thanksgiving extra special, special Thanksgiving special there. I know I sure <laughs> did. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad you guys uh, did one for the holidays and persevered. It was cool to have in person stuff too. Yeah, definitely. We did get a bunch of boosts in during the live that we did with Void Zero. Of course, for that and all of the Bulls with Buds interviews, you can go to bullswithbuds.com 
And that basically just sorts our website by the Bulls with Buds episodes. You can peruse through them. We've had some fun people on over time. And uh, we always get some great guests and have some fun conversations. So it's worth checking out. But that Void Zero one, uh, definitely one of the legendary interviews that we've done. That was a very fun guy to talk to. Super rare, shiny, holographic Bulls with Buds. And we would uh, have him back any old time. Oh, yeah. Uh, we did have 33,333 sets from Mary-Kate Ultra that I should mention. Thank you, Mary-Kate Ultra. Who says obligatory Void Zero rules boosts. Boost singular, excuse me. Obligatory Void Zero rules boost. Because Void Zero rules. He does. Great read. Thank you, MK. And because she's boosting Void Zero's rules. (laughs) Because they're the most important rules to follow, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. The um, Homegrown Hits got some more boosts. You guys are killing it over there, I must say. I got to get a filter for Helipad. Yeah, me too. I did get a boost of 3333 yesterday from the great C. Brooklyn 112. Oh, thank you, C. Brooklyn. And when I say I, of course, I'm in we. Um, yes, I see it on my Helipad also. He was boosting from Podverse and saying, Void Zero is a hero. Thank you for your courage. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. Always much appreciated. The next on our list is Dotard Ted. Oh, Teddy. Dotard Ted. Dotard Ted. <laughs> I'll never get it very smooth. 3377 sats, though. That much I can tell you. That's coming out of Fountain. And uh, he says, the best engineers are invisible. It was great to hear the backstory of the engineer responsible for 17 years of flawless service. Respect, uh, respect brother. From Teddy, longtime No Agenda subscriber since 2020. <laughs> There's one. I see what you did there, Teddy. He gives us a wink and a laugh cry emoji. Longtime listener since 2020. Hell, three long years. It has been a long three years, though. Mm. Thank you, Teddy. That's been my uh, node running sentence so oh, far yeah. the sentence served time served uh call it a career yeah my node running career <laughs> launched in the same time uh 3333 next up this one coming from balderdash boys oh thank you balderdash boys beers bourbon and balderdash over there great show to check out this also comes in by the way from the fountain app um what a great interview. Loved hearing about the origins of NA and that someone like Void Zero also has to figure things out by trial and error sometimes in the bowl. Thanks, y'all. Yeah. Exactly. It's not uh it's not a given for anyone, you know, and I think the longer that you just run around playing with scissors and messing with stuff, the more of like the mystique and the glamour goes away. Mm. Of like IT guy or computer guy or guys who code. Definitely. It's like, uh, uh, (laughs) there's no monk up on the mountain, you know? There's no monk up on the mountain with a laptop. That you know of. If there is, I'd love to meet him. (laughs) I got some questions. I got a job. I got a job for him. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of jobs, 3333. Woo! These sats come from CSB. Whoa. Out of Ponverse. Look at that. The three-letter bowler. That's right. He is uh, boosting in that Void Zero episode, as were the last two boosters, by the way, I should mention. 
that everybody who boosts the episode 284 there, a third of those sats go to Void Zero in perpetuity. Yes. Another real lame and uh, incredibly ineffective part of the Lightning Network that just doesn't work at all is that you can put value boosts in for people. You can pay all of your guests just by setting a preference in an RSS feed and then walking away like that. It's just good forever. <laughs> Lightning Network. It'll never catch on. Well, Bitcoin's dead. Bitcoin is definitely dead. Uh, and it is not survived by its son, the Lightning Network. <laughs> uh, from Podverse, CSB says, Sorry, I tried to remove Dvorak's cock block. Anyway, please follow me on Twitter for cartoons and memes. At CSB, just tree letters. C, S, and V. Tree. There you go. Well, thanks, CSB. I saw his toot calling for... JCD to unblock the bull after bull guy he, today. He asked a favor. He called in a favor from Dvorak. And for that, I must uh, thank CSB. Yeah. For sure. I appreciate that. I retweeted it. I and appreciate favorited that. it. You know, CSB and I have a fun little playful thing that goes all the way back to when I started. Oh, yeah. On Mastodon. Um, and even on my other handle, though. Nobody knows my other handle. And it's staying that way. <laughs> the first one I ever made was in 2017. And then I didn't get it. Or didn't keep up. And I also kind of fell overboard for a weird chunk. But then when we came back, we came back in like 2019. For good. And uh, I'm always sparring with CSB like most people. But I also am like, I don't very, it's, it's been a very long time. But I used to like really relish just defending CSB. Oh yeah, I remember free CSB. To the death. You and yeah. A whole other art generator um, bot <laughs> tutor. <laughs> forgot about that part of it made for him in his honor so that his art wouldn't be censored there was a time and i i have no idea why because csp is just such a friendly and jovial guy and easy to understand and get along with and all of his <laughs> opinions are just the correct ones so i don't know why people have such an issue with him all the time including myself uh i don't see why people ever argue with csp but people frequently do it and it got to the point where the bot, the old show art bot, was uh, tooting out all of the submissions but CSBs. Just to fuck with him, because I get it, you know. But, uh, I don't know, I lobbied for CSB. Cause I, yeah, First Amendment, man. And he had, speech. he had also been blocked by Dvorak oh, on yes. Twitter and Tudor. Mm. That was a big point of continuation. So I lobbied like hell for Dvorak to unblock CSB, and I guess, you know, eventually... Enough of us raised enough concern about it that it it uh, ended up going the other way. Yeah, I remember. I remember. And then I was all, all ass mad because Dvorak blocked me, but CSB wouldn't do the same for me. So now he has. But he has. And now it's all good. And so I take back everything bad I ever said about CSB. Uh, He's a great palm. Definitely. <laughs> and that includes DMs, by the way. <laughs> nice. And stuff in, in real life that I've said. CYA. How about that? Good coverage. <laughs> also, I don't that know was what my joke on uh, on the, the Mastodons earlier. I don't know what this overboard period you're referencing is because my Mastodon, my No Agenda Social, was set up in April of 2017. Um, so I've been here. I don't need to look up the receipts exactly. Okay, sorry. When I came back, <laughs> I came back to a new account that was my name. And before, I had an account that was not. No, yeah, I get that. I thought you were just saying we were overboard from the show. 
And I'm trying to think of a period that was yeah. that See, long that I didn't listen. This one I brought back in spring of 2020. Um, you made me go to the receipts. You didn't have to, though. No. Anyway. Wow, you look like a newcomer. Gives a shit. It's fine. <laughs> that's, that's, that's good. Uh, never correct the rumors. That's my advice. Medical advice. Oh, no, definitely. Never correct the rumors. Uh, speaking of rumors, there's a rumor that we got another boost about two hours ago. 8888. Ain't that great? That's from Abel Kirby. Oh, thanks, Abel Kirby. Abel Kirby. Little herbal Kerbal. That's right. He's, uh, let me see here. You like that boost? Wait till you see what happens next. There we go. And uh, he's sending in 8888 saying, awesome show with VO. He puts void zero, but V zero. Because he's a cool guy. Good stuff, he says. Now, take off your pants. Done. (laughs) Joke's on you, Abel Kirby. Did that a long time ago. But thank you for your boost. It's much appreciated. And permission to remove my pants. Yes. Actually, it was more of a demand uh, than permission granted. You're right. <laughs> um, a demand or maybe just a command. What's the difference between a demand and a command, do you think? Mm, Either way, I think he's the one that sent me these two. A command can be defined as an order, and a demand can be defined as a firm request or pressing requirement. So they're the same thing. They're the same thing. If you want to keep doing your marijuana, then you're going to have to show me your naked body. Done and done. Yep. Uh, 4269 from Harv Hat. He was clearly boosting that live tag going live, because that's just the kind of guy he is. Like clockwork. Uh, we also have 1821 from our boy Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer! He says, let's go bowling from yeah. CurioCaster. Yeah. Thank you, Pfeiffer. Let's go bowling indeed. I love it. 8888 up from Bully Steed. Fountain app. Bully. Thank you. She says, sheet stain boost. Got to build a node. <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's correct. I concur. And Leet Boosting the Wolf. It's Memes Leet. Woo! 2908 sats from Podverst. Thank you, Memes. Uh, memes says, of course, Leet Boosting the Wolf. And then in the bowl, don't bowl like ordinary. Bowl like extraordinary. Hey. hey. Yeah, oh, yeah. With the flame and the cool guy sunglasses emoji. I'm a cool guy. Like you're walking away slow motion <laughs> from an exploding building. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. In a perfect game. The leadest, leadest uh, memes around. Well, appreciate all you bowlers. We had physical value coming from oh the bowl again. Oh my goodness gracious, that's right. We had another thing show up in a mailbox. What's this? What's Must this? be the time of year. There I, is a seal on the outside. There is a blue wax seal with the familiar ITM uh, shield on it. And it was really everything I could do to stop myself from opening this early. But I was like, no, 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 no. Let's just wait for the bowl. Hold down. It is an update from M. Andrew Jones. Oh, M. Andrew Jones. It is a newsletter, my friends. Oh, cool. Dated 11-11, magical. 2023, this is my first newsletter which will go out henceforth on a semi-annual basis, and it marks over 20 years of writing, over 1,000 sales, and almost four years of imandrewjones.com. With that, we now bring you all the latest news about Imandrew Jones, one of America's most underrated wordsmiths. Fuck yeah. 
By the way, on the back, he has written Spencer and Lorian. Heart! Exclamation point. Aww. From M. He's got a prompt also. Ooh. Uh, well, let's just uh, read through the whole thing. Okay. I think that's reasonable. Uh, after a decade of hibernation, I know how the hibernations go. End, the End of Marvelous has been republished. Remember when he was talking to us about that? Yes. Coming out. So, uh, clocking over 118,000 words, The End of Marvelous tells the tragic tale of Herbert Nathaniel Marvelous, a hero that saved innumerable lives at the cost of his own town. Often absurd, occasionally poignant, and always entertaining. The End of Marvelous is on everybody's holiday wish list. Get your copy at mandrewjones.com or read it online. So you got options. Uh, this spring I was on Bowl After Bowl with Spencer and Lorian. Have you heard of that? Oh, yes, I'm very familiar. It's pretty good. It's, it's a pretty great good. one. When they do the bowls with buds. I don't know, the Tuesday thing kind of is a little long. Oh, but it's full of such great content. But I, I Jam-packed. I eagerly await the bowls with buds. Uh, we had a most excellent time talking about my books, he said, and also the craft of writing in general. It was recorded on April 7th, 2023, and it is episode number 237. You can find the episode along with Spencer and Lorian's other fine work at bowlafterbowl.com or follow, la- follow the link under audio button on my website. Oh, nice. Under the audio button. Also, is- I will have a link to his Bulls of Buds in the show notes. Uh, M. Andrew Jones is the guy with the, the firm grasp on the English language, not me. I'm just trying to read this. Furthermore, he says, I am hereby announcing a new project called A Brief History of the Near Future. Nice. Very very clever. Which will follow a group of restaurant workers as they battle a shambling horde of zombies, some ruthless raiders, and their own internal dysfunction. So far, I've only begun a rough outline, but there will be some early drafts of the first couple of chapters appearing on my website any day now. (laughs) I know how websites go any day now. Uh, be on the lookout and get in on the ground floor or suffer the possibility of getting swept up by the press of undead. Ugh, no thank you. Finally, I'd be remiss if I didn't leave any of you aspiring writers with a bit of a prompt. So, here it is. This one's for you, Lorian. Mm-hmm. War raged between the Jedi and Hobbits for some 20 years before the Jedi finally offered their unconditional surrender. I was born under the brutal Hobbit op- occupation to buggered Jedi parents. And this is my tale. As you work with this prompt, remember, dear readers, that Hobbit and Jedi are protected by most stringent and humorless copyright laws. <laughs> Adjust your stories accordingly. May this letter find you in health and happiness. Most sincerely, and thank you for your courage. I'm Andrew Jones. Thank you for your courage, I'm Andrew Jones. Beautiful. Bowlers. That's exciting. I expect to see some writing now. That's sweet. Thanks for uh, popping us in the update, too. That was a very fun episode that we did. Yeah, it was awesome. We got to have him back. That's right. Back in That's the new right. year. Uh, you know who else that we're having back, by the way? Or, um, yes, back is the proper term. Uh, Micah Rock and Roll. <gasps> Micah Rock and Roll. That's right. Micah Rock and Roll. You remember? Oh, yeah. He's got a comic coming out. He does. He's got a great comic coming out. He drew some fantastic art for it. And so. There's lots of um, hidden treasures in there. It's called Orange Flavor. It's your new favorite comic book, and it's like a Bitcoin-themed, but uh, not taking itself too overly seriously type of uh, comic. Very very in the bowl style. And appropriately enough, he has included a little Easter egg bowl after bowl on the front cover art. So cool. This little graffitied ice machine. 
has a bowl after bowl and a, a, a no agenda on here somewhere. A couple of... Uh, MMO, I see on Oh, there. there's Curry ITM33, Curry Dvorak, yeah. Uh, all kinds of little uh, Easter eggs and this and that. Little hint drops. And uh, we are going to be talking to him right after the uh, comic gets released. So that will be Friday, December 8th. Is oh, what nice. I have penciled out. So that will be our next Bulls with Buds. Sweet. How about them apples? They were tasty. I'm going to slide a little early announcement into that segment. So you skip the uh, donations at your own peril. Look at that. <laughs> Hiding great stuff in there. Of course, there's other ways that you can contribute value to Bowl After Bowl. The simplest of which is passing the bowl to someone you believe will enjoy it. Making another bowler. That makes my dreams come true. <laughs> you can also submit art for episodes or chapters, jingles like the one you heard from Hey Citizen, or leave us a voicemail. Because every week we have a new first time I ever topic. And this week, we want to hear about the first time you ever went to Chinatown. All you have to do is pick up your phone and... Call it's true we don't screen them either so text send pictures scream in the voicemail Whatever, whatever. You do what you want. It's all valid. All valid means of contribution. And we have a giveaway announcement that'll be coming next bowl. Yeah, we want to give away one of these uh, extra Lorian calendars. Yeah. Tease. So there's a tease. We'll uh, structure the way to do it, but basically I think we're going to just do one entry per person. If you're interested, just mention it in a boostagram or note, and then we'll draw everybody the show before Christmas Eve. Yes. So that hopefully you'll get uh, Receive the calendar. the calendar before the first of the year. Yeah, so you can use every day of the calendar. Uh, warning does contain nudity. Yeah. If you're not interested, just, yeah. Not safe for work calendar. It's an opt-in situation. Unless you are your own boss. Yeah, or you work from home. Yeah. You can always hang it up behind the calendar that you do your Zoom meetings from. Oh, or yeah. behind the camera, excuse me. Not not well, behind, not behind you. Calendar after calendar. Yeah. What could go wrong? It's yeah. beautiful though. You're gonna want a copy. It's it's a fun one. Uh we'll put a preview as part of the announcement next week, but uh we'll get the we'll get all the details hashed out. In the meantime though, I wanna roll you into the Ah, uh, don't you want to build a node? Another one, yeah. I know uh, Bully Steed wants to build a node. And uh, it's a fun time. Build a node. Play around with the Lightning Network. See what all the hype is about. Here is what they are saying that the hype is about. Uh, we talked a little bit about it last week, and I just went on for too long. So bowlers don't even get me started. I'm totally zen this week about it. Mm. As you can already tell by my snide comments in the Boostergram section. Calmer than you are. Of the show. Uh, 
running a node is what gave, made me actually care about all this to the point of um to the point of trying to add some energy and and keep the ball rolling over and over again and when we uh are in fountain charts and our friends are in fountain charts up above the people who get the tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of downloads and all of the fiat downloads and they put their emphasis in uh fiat pleasures and uh, green lamborghinis and shit uh and just a little bootstrapped mom and pop show which is what this literally is yeah uh can outperform those on the lightning network and it's for really the reason of getting involved with the community personally making real life friends over this and putting together bitcoin lightning nodes it's it's a huge factor in it People always look at me like I'm fucking insane. That's fine. I will be the insane guy. Without the nodes, I wouldn't have the drive or the knowledge. I wouldn't really have a reason to care. And that's what a node can give you if you give it a shot and give it a chance. It's pretty friggin' sweet. And the other meme that keeps popping up with the uh, lightning is dead crowd. Uh, Bitcoin Magazine had a opinion piece submitted quite recently which was uh clickbait rage bait mm, which you always take uh 69% chance of me taking that kind of thing and uh the title of it was lightning is doomed oh boy but then the uh, you know they have like a subtitle uh-huh. or like a subheadline i don't know what the hell you call that i was in the graphic design side of journalism school so i tried not to pay attention to shit like this but the uh, secondary headline is a reality check on the limitations of Lightning Network and what it means in terms of its long-term viability. No, it's not doomed, but it probably won't be used the way you expected it to be. And then the lead, Lightning is doomed. How original. <laughs> so the headline is Lightning is doomed. Then the subtitle is No, it is not doomed. And then the lead. And then the lead is Lightning is doomed. I think it's, it's just called- like... A subheading for what it's worth. Subheading. Yeah. Subhead, bro. Can you write this subhead? That's goofy. It's just the fucking, like, the, it, he's no M. Andrew Jones. Let's put it this way. True. He's, he's no M. Andrew Jones. Uh, he uh, writes all of this gaslighting type of uh, bullshit about how the lightning is dead. And then he explains, <laughs> I think pretty rationally, how all of the people who are pointing out, oh, this is why the Lightning Network sucks, all of these things were acknowledged and, and printed in the original Lightning White Coin, or the Lightning White Paper. So it's not like any kind of new revelation about the limitations of the layer of the Lightning Network and how it works. But there are also new implementations being thought up and proposed, just like uh, the Bitcoin software itself when it... Um, it has been this whole time evolving and being worked on and maintained and getting better too. Uh, so the idea that the lightning network is doomed or that, you know, uh, I, I also see this. It's good for custodians. Even this article comes to the conclusion eventually. God, it is way too fucking long, <laughs> but uh, it doesn't come to this conclusion. That seems to be what a lot of the people who are defending light work, lightning right now are saying. People who are defending Lightning right now 
seem to fall on this. Well, you know, it works really well for custodians. And so custodians will use this as a settlement layer. Like you thought the layer one was going to be this big settlement layer and that people would be buying their coffee on layer two, but really layer two is going to be the settlement layer and people are going to have a layer three to buy coffee on. And then there's just this fucking turtle stack layer race, you know, and I'm looking forward to Bitcoin layer eight, the Ocho myself. Now on Bitcoin layer eight, the Ocho, half a sat, you can send it. Uh, Lightning does everything it said it would do, and it does it pretty well in my experience from running a node. Now, it's ironic that I keep hearing that the custodians have a, you know, they're the kings of the Lightning Network and like the regular plebs, you know, they get screwed around. Uh, there's a lot of experiences where you say, this is the question I get from people who don't use Bitcoin. What wallet do I use? What wallet do I use? Which is a, it's an important question, right? It's a starter. Sure. It's the very first one. What wallet do I use? It's the first one you ask. And I never have a question or an answer for that. It's like when people ask me what lender should they use to like buy their home, <laughs> yeah. you know, or uh, things of that nature. What uh, building inspector should I use? Or even what podcast app should I use? Or even what podcast yeah. app should I use? I've got a short list, and I recommend you shop around because that's your right. You should be uh, looking around and comparing different prices and deals and people and how they you know interact with you. They've all got ups and downs. Same's true with wallets. You should try a few out. You might learn something because what they are, uh, how they differ, and also how they are the same starts to teach you about how Lightning works and how Bitcoin works in general. If I can use more than one wallet, then I've got a better understanding from more perspectives of how this stuff operates at all. So the custodians are supposed to have the great time, right? The experiences I've seen with newbies trying to onboard, I think the latest was with uh, Phoenix, which by the way is a great wallet that people swear by, but setting it up can be uh, a hassle. Um, somebody tried to onboard a newbie to the last Bitcoin on the last Bitcoin meeting meet up with a uh, Phoenix right out of the box. And, uh, the, the sats wouldn't send through like they could, it couldn't find a route. Mm. So a lot of setup when you get on a new wallet on the lightning network, I don't know. Are you running your own node? Are you on somebody else's node? Uh, is there a channel open to you for you to use? <sighs> These are all questions that it's hard to answer because there's so many different scenarios that could be going on. What I enjoy about the Lightning Network is if you run your own node, you know all the answers to those questions. You know where your liquidity's at, you know when you could receive from who, and you can start to build your connections out to the network and make sure that you've got the uptime you need. If you need to send a big payment to a certain merchant, you could open up a channel to them directly to send that payment instant and no fee. Totally free. You just pay for opening the channel, but maybe you've got a channel that you're going to use in the, into the future. You just keep it open, send that payment, and then, hey, let it stay open. Maybe sats flow back over it over time as people route payments through your node. It becomes a way to kind of participate in the network. And really, that's how I envision Lightning scaling. People keep whining about the scaling problem. Oh, Layer 2 was supposed to instant scale, and it can't scale because nobody will uh, you know, run enough nodes. I think over time, as the cycles come through, like uh, there's going to be a hype cycle. Price has been going up. I think price will keep going up. 
to and through the halvening. And we'll see another boom where people are like, oh, yeah, it's over. Bitcoin wins and Bitcoin's the king. People not seeing that, it, you know, there's another bust cycle coming down the road from that also. going to keep shooting up and down, up and down. But the point is you can weather all of that and just hang out and have your own control, have your own um, kind of uh, life preserver. You don't have to get caught up in all this hype. People running left and then running right, chasing the price up, chasing the price down. You can just be real calm and in control with a node. It's working here just fine for three years. That's all I'm saying. Simple as. You've been running an umbral. It's not like it's a tough thing either. It's just a thing that you got to decide you're going to do. You just have to do it. And then once you've done it. It's done. You go, holy shit. Sometimes you got to update. I've been waiting a while for, for that. Okay. It's just, a, it's just a computer program. That's all. But it's beautiful. What's really the funnest part, though, I think, in my experience, is there's a bunch of uh, guys who hang out on IRC who will help you out, who also have nodes. And yeah, I'm not saying it's a walk in the park. There's things that need to be fixed with Lightning or improve with Lightning. The HTLCs, the uh, hash time lock contracts, expiring and knocking nodes offline there are certain solutions that could be more elegant i saw a proposal today that uh colin or casey bitcoiner sent me um which shows a multi-sig collaborative channel opening between more than just two nodes and you would have sort of instead of a direct channel one to one node to another you'd have more of a pool of several nodes locked up in a channel that could send multi-directional payments between those agreeing parties which i think would be a great fantastic idea and that also would help these nodes be able to kind of go offline and come back online at will you don't need to necessarily have everybody have a hundred percent uptime all the time which i think is just a ludicrous expectation for anything internet connected at all when are you going to do maintenance how are you going to do maintenance you know so anyway there are some definite frustration points but the benefits far, far outweigh that. You're talking about, okay, I want to have my own bank and payment processor, and I also just want it to be like really fucking easy and I never have to do anything. Like you, Those are sort of the asks where you can't have both, right? Imagine if you put in a fucking bank somewhere on a street corner in a city, said, okay, I'm going to operate as a bank now. Uh, once I got the building, I walk in, everything should be just done. It should just happen on its own. I don't need to hire anybody. I don't need to put out fires. I don't need to solve problems. I don't need to do nothing else. No, man. If if you've got a bank, you've got a whole team. You're working your fucking ass off every day all the time. Keeping fires put out. Yeah. Insurance, Uh, security. Compared to running a bank and payment processor, running a node is way laid back, my man. Definitely. Way laid back. The benefits far outweigh any sort of costs or frustration points, although they do come, although they do come, they're laughable in comparison to uh, your frustration points, maybe with a custodial service. Oh, I've got to pay a fee to open a channel. All right. Then I got to keep using this service frequently sending lightning back and forth or else they'll close my channel. And then I got to pay to open a new one in a couple of months when I use the wallet again. (laughs) If you use a lightning note, you open channels when you want to who you want and you use them when you want. Bada bing, bada boom. Who's better than you? 
So I hope to make you really uh, want to build a node. Still fixing my node, by the way. Oh. Yeah, as you might have heard. I'm fixing a node where my sat's coming to get my treasure traveling where it I haven't had time to really hack on the node since we talked to Void. Yeah. So we've just been running all around and then I had to prep for work. I would have had a, uh, a, a, there were a couple of pockets of time where I probably wouldn't even have thought to have, um, look at the node. Cause they were like catch my breath times. One of those times I used to knock out my second take for me by the way. Oh, exciting. Yeah. Uh, and there's other people that want me to, Sing or write or rap or all kinds of different stuff. I've got a lot of irons that I kind of feel bad or stirring. It reminded me of when Void Zero said, yeah, we had this guy you wanted to help and then uh, never heard from him again. You know? <laughs> I was like, oh, God. I, I'm still alive. I'm just, uh, I got a lot going. I got a lot of plates spinning. And one of them is this stupid node. So I will be hacking around on that later this evening. Um I also had that unexpected funeral to attend. Yes. On Friday, out of town. So that will um that will disrupt, but also I think create an opportunity when I get back. So I I'm aiming to probably fix the node on that day. And the fallback, man, the thing I should do in the interim really is just switch the value tag to that start nine I made. Yeah. Because it's still running and it's just not really doing anything. It's I tried the IPFS experiment on it. Yeah. It got some sats in the beginning, but then it just didn't really have the connectivity. Mm. And um, I don't know how to jack my peers up on that. Is anybody else in there, uh, out there in Bowl World doing the IPFS podcasting thing? Let me know what, uh, what's up with that or who I should ask. Are you jacking your peers? Are you jacking? Oh, they're jacking. Yeah. So anyway, we'll try to figure that out. I'd also like to know how to make Isobot or... Um, the you know the IRC bot I keep calling it Isobot boost bot yes boost after boost I'd like to make him work from uh, to start nine if that's possible but I'll have to deep dive into that in the meantime though the Albi fallback see this is why we have options this is why it's nice to have options sometimes people email me I know this is weird sometimes people email me and they're like you know you guys are always talking shit about self custody and you should run a node and you're an idiot if you use custodial, and then you have an Albi, and you use Albi, and you have a, a fountain. <laughs> I got options, man. It's like, man, I have <laughs> options. The point is that I'm not stuck any one place. I'm not stuck any one place. I can, at any moment, jump here, there, around the square, right? And the main, uh, the main node is my node, right? So I can... If there's a problem, or if there's a payment fail, or if something's going wrong, I can pull all of the shit up and look at it and say, huh, I wonder why this is. Let's see which channels are online. Let's see where sats are in relation to where they could go. Can't see any of that shit on somebody else's node. And they'd be a lunatic for showing you. But run your own lightning node, and you have access to all that. You don't have to wait for somebody else to fix something, because it could take a long, long, long time. Uh, speaking of long, long time... We still are eagerly, eagerly awaiting the new fountain release, the big shiny version 1.0, which has been uh, rolled back 
a week and then rolled back a day and uh, any day now we'll be able to test that. So I'm still, I'm still anticipating. I'm going like this with my hands. Gonna get that new fountain out anytime now. Hopefully the boosts will be coming through. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm seeing some larger boost failing uh, stuff in fountain, which all of their energy right now is focused on getting this next version out. Of course. You gotta wonder the way they're the way they're talking about it lately, it just I have to wonder if they've broken more than they've fixed kind of a thing. Like mm. they like they went really ambitious with all the different features that they tried to add and now they have to re iron out a bunch of stuff again is kind of the vibe I'm getting. But without without being able to play with it, I, I won't know for sure. So I'm still eagerly awaiting. Ooh, when's it gonna come? Uh cause hopefully some uh fixes to the larger boosts will also come. Speaking of coming, you should come uh, have some beers with me tomorrow night because I will be at the Kansas City Bitcoin meetup. Beers with Bitcoiners at Chicken and Pickle. That's the one in North Kansas City, just on the other side of the river from downtown. And uh, it's going to be at 6 p.m. Central Standard. So since it's on a Wednesday and not a Tuesday, I won't have to like dash out the door early and say, all right, I got to go do a show. Nice. So uh, we can hang out and have some beers at a leisurely pace. So come be leisurely with me. There's only four RSVPs as of this moment. So you'll want to be the fifth guy showing up. Bowler, come kick it. Kick it. Kick it. That's uh, on Burlington Street in North KC. Chicken and pickle, you know where it's at. Don't play. It's a good one. Good spot. And that's a good spot. That's really all I want to talk about this week. We got a boost came through. Oh, thank you. From Boobery. This comes from Boost CLI, by the way. Another option you only have if you run your own node. If you don't run your own node, you can't boost from Boost CLI. You can't be like Boobery. You can't send me a boostergram that says, Doom on you, doom on you, doom on you, doom on you. I've been quad doomed through a boostergram. I'm beginning to be mildly concerned. Nah. You're not a doomer. <laughs> I'm a bloomer. Exactly. Uh, I'm really a coomer, but... Coom and bloom, you know. I'm also, uh, I don't know what else. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Uh, Bully Steed informs me, not just you, Sir Spencer, the large boost are not going through many other podcasts on Fountain. Folks with their own nodes who have liquidity, etc. Yes, this is definitely... As far as I can tell, because I've done more kind of outside research on it, of course, on the outside looking in, you're limited on the research you can do. Yeah, they're not just going to let you look at their channels and their uh, all the stuff. You can try to crawl around there gossiping here and there, but there's only so much you can learn, right? Without uh, dedicating too much time. If I had that much time, I would fix my node. Uh, but yes, it's clearly some sort of a problem going on over at Zebedee, who is their node and wallet and liquidity provider. They run the whole back end of all of the fountain wallets. So something fishy there with bigger payments. Mm. And I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they run a bunch of little channels woven around and the bigger stuff is just too much. Maybe they have a different balancing policy or something. Who knows? Who the hell knows? Can't know unless you run your own. What's going on on a node completely? It's a blessing and a curse, my man. Um, 
anyway, I was trying to roll into my favorite segment. And then I was blessingly interrupted by Doom, which I appreciate. I appreciate, Booberry, your Doom. I see your Doom. The Doom inside me recognizes the Doom inside you. But here to end the Doom. Top 333. All right. It's my best guy, with the Top 33. That's right. All right. Didn't you hear? 33 Palestinians were freed after 11 Israeli hostages were released. That's according to The Guardian. Oh, tripled up. We also had a re-release of this story. 33 U.S. states sue Meta for not disabling underage users' accounts. Mm. How yeah. could you be on the interweb underage? I just can't <laughs> hardly believe it. What do I know about that? No. Yeah. The age verification online is so silly to me. Are you old enough to be here looking at these titties? Yeah, of course. Pick a birthday. (laughs) Well, I always wanted to be born on Halloween. Oh, my God. In 1873. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well. And then the big Thanksgiving Magic 33. In New Mexico, state police issued more than 3,000 citations and arrested 33 drunk drivers Yikes. over the holiday. Yeah. Yikes, indeed. And then just a clickbait that I didn't click on, but I have it marked here because it made me giggle. Will a PhD make you better off? Not until 33 years later. Oh. Wow. Don't tell that to no agenda nation. <laughs> Everybody backed up the truck for PhDs. The payoff is coming. It's going to take 33 years, but uh, you will see dividends. Yeah, in 33 years. See, that's the beauty of a value-for-value PhD is that uh, you've already gotten the value out of it. You don't have to wait at all. It's like the value already came to you, and then you're just returning the value. you got to wait no 33 years, man. Nah. You probably do if you have to dump hundreds of thousands of bucks into a PhD. Holy crap. Yeah, just glancing at the article, that's what they're getting at. Yeah. All the investments. I could have bought a house, but instead, I bought a PhD. Hmm. I'll take house. I could have had a car and family, (laughs) but then I got a PhD. I got a PhD and a cat. (laughs) In this lovely apartment. I like to complain to people on Tinder about how lonely I am. As my chicken nuggies heat up. In the microwave. <laughs> but I'm, I'm fucking smart and I got a paper that can prove it. Yeah. Yeah. Used to being provably smart. I'm going to get my PhD at Costco. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it either. Yeah, I got my law degree here. Cool. <laughs> and a hot dog. <laughs> Welcome to Costco. I love you. It still bums me out that they don't say that when you walk in. They really should, man. Yeah. Get on it. I want to get behind the curtain. Fucking A. So, Judicial Watch got their response to their FOIA request into the White House cocaine scandal. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Found a bag of coke in a locker. Yeah. And then we didn't hear about it anymore. Definitely no ones. (laughs) Yeah. I remember. And that's what the 112 pages that they received says, too. You know, uh, the security got it, Secret Service, I mean, and then the FBI did the testing on it, and that's where it all ends. And then journalists wrote about it. 
Um, they did include printouts of the articles in their response. So that means, you know, you're getting charged for each page that was a written article you could have Googled that got printed for you. I thought that was nice of them to waste cents on ink like that. Yeah. Sarcasm. A little generous. But what I did learn is exactly what the lab test showed for this cocaine, the results under a fine microscope, right? Yeah. So it's... We just have a drum roll. Cocaine hydrochloride, which, of course, is just the powder right. form. Sodium bicarbonate, which I guess makes sense because you use that to turn the coca leaves into the paste, mm-hmm. along with kerosene or gasoline and whatever your solvent acid is. acid yeah. or hydrochloric acid. Uh, and then caffeine. So there was an adulterant in it. The caffeine. There always but, is. But come on. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty clean blow right there. There's always, uh, yeah. Which, which I would expect in D.C. If it come, if it makes it all the way to the shores of America, it's going to have something in it. Well, well, that's not necessarily true. Because there are tons and tons of coca leaves shipped to New Jersey every year. You're right. If you get the pharmaceutical grade shit, then there's different uh, story to be had there for sure. Yeah. Now, of course, cocaine is a Schedule Two narcotic, federally illegal, but not quite as bad as weed. Right, of course, yeah. <laughs> Which is a Schedule One. Exactly. And when I said New Jersey, I'm of course talking about Coca-Cola's headquarter over there in Maywood. They do use the coca leaf extract for flavoring. The classic fl- uh, Coca-Cola recipe, That's yeah. That's the classic flavor. We just don't get the good stuff from the leaves. The whole, No full-spectrum coca leaves for us. Yeah. They are the only business licensed in the United States to import and process the coca plant from Peru or Bolivia. Crazy. No Colombia. Well. (laughs) But it makes sense. Yeah. So this is uh, supplied by the Stepan company who extracts the cocaine, makes the flavor from the spent leaves, and then ships the cocaine to St. Louis. Because of course you would. Yeah. Where else are you going to send a bunch of cocaine? And it goes to Malincrod. M-A-L-L-I-N-C-K-R-O-D-T. Which, of course, is a pharmaceutical company and the only company in the United States licensed to purify cocaine for medicinal use. You know, Schedule 2 means it has limited medicinal use. Mm -hmm. But some. Unlike marijuana. Yeah, that weed shit will fuck you up forever. All I could think, though, is because I believe fentanyl is Schedule 3, right? So when they found this baggie of cocaine in the White House, I'm a little shocked that it wasn't full-blown panic and like, oh, man, someone's going to get it on their fingers and OD or get high because <laughs> right. that's some pure shit right there. Oh, there was a panic, but not for what was in the bag. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, someone was pooping their pants. Yeah. And sad about all that money that didn't get to go up their nose. No, oh, that sucks. <laughs> I'm sure they have no more money left. Yeah. yeah. And no more cocaine left. It just it's bums like, me oh, out. Oh, I left my half ounce of cocaine in the locker room. Yeah, that was just my fucking travel bag of cocaine, though. Yeah, right. Well, that's okay. I can just call <laughs> up my these guy. fuckers, man. My guy in Malincrod and, you know, have him yeah. work a little deal out for me. My dentist. 
Maybe. Just get in touch with my dentist. Nose, ears, throat, doctors. I think they all have the hookup. In Minecraft, at least. I don't know. <laughs> I know nothing. I just read Wikipedia. I'm no doctor expert. <laughs> I could tell you that. Um, but it does piss me off when you know that there's pure cocaine in the United States mm-hmm. that's available for some and not others. Other people are having shit like fentanyl cut into their powder. Yes. And being fucking murdered. Yeah, it's uh, outrageous, which to say the least. Brings me back to the crack epidemic, you know? Yeah. CIA op. Mm-hmm. Any fentanyl in the cocaine, I'm not unconvinced that it's a CIA op. Well, I have just a hard time believing it's your regular guy that you always call because he's got no reason to kill, kill off you, their business. Kill you. Right. Yeah. And most of the guys that you've known for a long time have uh, developed a trust with and they, you know, you help each other out. At least that's been my experience. So, uh, cocaine, it's a drug for uh, the, but not for the we, with a capital W. It's just another, it's classism. It's always been a high class drug. Another symptom of our caste system in the United States. Yeah. And if you're somebody I'm sure you can get your hands on some good clean blow. Blow, hookers, guns, and uh, diplomatic immunity. You can get all of those things. Never get in trouble for anything. Or you can be the other tier of the justice system and, uh, yeah, fuck you, buddy, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot more on this side than there are on the other one. No doubt. Yeah, it's uh, it's awful, man. Yeah. That's why the division amongst Americans really bums me out. Yeah. They've, we're, they, we're one team, guys. The elites are running it flawlessly, man. Yeah. They have a separated just by, like, dumb ideas that everyone has. That uh, <laughs> most of these dumb ideas that are the loudest pushed and cause the most outreach are the same ideas that just crumble uh, at the slightest bit of scrutiny, you know? So why they're taken so seriously. Yeah, just scoff, roll your eyes, and move yeah. on with your day. Yeah, it's such a, an energy suck, dude, it is. and that's a big part of it too. It's a huge it's, distraction, and the uh, energy vampires feeding off the masses too. It, it takes your eye off of the ball and off of the true enemy. Mm. You know, it takes your eye off of what the fuck is going on with the dollar. Oh yeah, and uh, put your eye on <laughs> who's going to take the House of Representatives this year. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's a hotly contested race. Ooh, we didn't have a Speaker of the House for how many days? Oh, my God. It affects me very personally. Yes, I'm all wrapped up and emotionally invested in it, in fact. Because it was definitely different during those days than it was during not those days. For me (laughs) and my life. (laughs) Well. Well, you know. Something that's coming back in full swing, as we've mentioned for a few bowls, is Reefer Madness. Oh, yeah. And a a five-and-a-half-year-old story came to life this past week. Okay. Mm, this takes place in California in 2018. And there was a woman smoking weed with her boyfriend. Now, she said she was kind of a novice weed smoker. And this was her first time smoking out of a bong. So she hit it, and then she felt nauseous and started hallucinating. Okay, maybe. I don't think I've ever had full-blown hallucinations from hitting the bong. Edibles, yes. <laughs> but hitting the bong, no. 
So, How many days without sleep are we talking? <laughs> right. What SRIs are you on also? There's so many questions that we don't have answers to, and we never will. Some factors at play, you know? Her boyfriend's 26. I didn't grab her age because I'm an asshole. But anyway, she was laying on the couch, and then she started having this out-of-body experience where she saw herself laying there dead. And she heard the voices of paramedics trying to save her, and she saw her mom crying. And then this voice came into her head and said something along the lines of, you can bring yourself back to life if you kill your boyfriend. Uh-oh. So she stabbed him. Not just once. Not a couple of times. She stabbed him 108 times. Damn. She also turned on her support dog, her service dog, a husky, stabbed the dog to death. Oh, shit. And then the police showed up. They tased her. It had no effect. She stabbed herself in the neck and the face. Oh. And they had to beat her with a baton nine times, breaking her wrist to get her to stop and take her in. Wow. This woman went fucking nuts. Yeah. To once put you, it lightly. Once you start stabbing, man, you can't stop. No, and she wasn't wearing her lucky stabbing hat because... Just never she's... even start stabbing. Ugh, horrible. And I don't know what kind of weed would make you want to do this. I don't know either, man. <laughs> I'd like to stay far, far away from that weed. <laughs> no doubt. Anyway. Stabtiva. Stabtiva. <laughs> so, she is on trial now. Her trial began November 11th, and the jury verdict is... Expected before the end of the month, the max sentence she will face is four years. Wow, that's all? Maybe more if she's convicted under a special circumstance allegation, which is, I don't know, some legalese for an add-on sentencing enhancement. Okay. I don't know anything about it. It's like if they can uh, prove that you're a danger to society or this is my favorite one, that you committed great violence. It wasn't lame that violence. great, man. Let's be honest. No, it was horrible. Kind of sucked. And You stabbed your boyfriend and your husky and yourself. Yeah. And got your arm smashed by the cops with a stick because you wouldn't stop stabbing yourself. No cops? That's just kind of weird. Like, she, she stabbed the third person was herself. She didn't even try to stab the cops. That's right. As the story goes, I wasn't there. You know, I've just got some notes from the courtroom. Yeah, clearly a a lost mind. Well, and what do you think caused her to lose her mind? Uh, Well, I guess you kind of gave the plot away at the beginning, didn't you? Yeah, she, uh, hitting that did, damn bong. Did she smoke the weed? Yeah, she hit the bong and went nuts. Oh my God. So... Now was it a was it a drop of Earl on a what what kind of bong are we talking about here? It was twenty eighteen. That was my thought was doing dabs, but it says bong, and they don't go into detail about what oh, kind of, of weed it was. Or they, not, but they don't. don't know anything, and they don't ask any questions. Let's blame it on the weed. Everybody, they just take that's, that's the all they need release. to know. And here's the lead to the article from the VC Star that came out about it: cannabis induced psychosis is real in Bryn Spetcher was suffering from it when she stabbed Chad O'Melia to death in 2018 in Thousand Oaks, according to the testimony of multiple experts last week in Spetcher's ongoing manslaughter trial. I like how they present a fact and then back it by saying, well, experts claim that this is a fact. 
Yeah. But by starting that sentence with cannabis-induced psychosis is real in the lead, they've made it real. For anyone that is brainwashed and takes everything at face value, reading the story, and that's what they're running with. Oh, she's getting less time because weed made her nuts. I don't know. Yeah, this comes back to the one thing that has always cropped up in the literature time and time again, which is this... uh, the one link they seem to be able to draw between smoking weed and going crazy is that uh, it seems to have a correlation where if you are a person who is predisposed to schizophrenia or other uh, certain mental illnesses, you're genetically predisposed or dementia, etc. that in some cases they found cannabis seems to activate or put you on that road earlier in life or maybe like bring out latent uh, problems that are already there. That's as close as they've been able to come and stuff I've read. And all of it is very wishy-washily presented just like that. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, all right, you might go crazy if you were already going to go crazy, but the level of stabbing your boyfriend to death and your dog and yourself like, is that why the sentence is so low? Is that, like, at the end she was stabbing only herself? Like, oh, clearly she was not. She went for it all the way. I guess. They don't really back it up, you know? I guess just I have so many questions and the press is thinking of other questions. Yeah. Like, it says... The questions they ask and the questions I come up with. Her blood was Or the was questions tested. you would come up with or any reasonable person would come up with. Right. What medications are you on is always a good first one, and that's not told here. But they do say her blood was tested and she had no intoxicating substances in her system aside from THC. Which, okay, so what's an intoxicating substance? Right. Are you going to count the SSRIs in there? (laughs) Or do you say, oh, yeah, she had a prescription for that. Yeah, no, no, that's what, no, SSRIs are what? rebalance your brain chemistry because you have an imbalance and there's nothing wrong with that and you were just born that way and you have to have the pill to rebalance your brain chemistry, you see. Because that's how things work. Substance-induced psychosis is a well-recognized phenomenon, though cannabis is not as likely to trigger psychosis as drugs like methamphetamine or cocaine. Smoking pot comes with a small but real risk of a psychotic episode, according to testimony from these two doctors. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, I you mean, just have to link weed to people going nuts. And yeah, I'm also confused why it took five and a half years for her trial. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a bit weird, huh? Yeah. One of those COVID kick the can down the road type things. I guess. Now, self-stabbing from someone with no prior history of mental illness, violence, or suicidal impulses is a sign of psychosis. You think? The bitch definitely snapped. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, blame it on the weed. How dare you? As far as why, though, no. And then, yeah, reduce the sentence. Like That seems like a dangerous person to me if you can stab your own dog. I mean, yeah, it's horrible if she stabbed her boyfriend, too, but come on. <laughs> a service <laughs> dog. Her service dog. Her service dog is no longer in service, man. Yeah. And uh, I know I did some reading. on. I was listening to some radio interviews with her boyfriend's dad from five years ago and he had a roommate in their condo that they were smoking the weed in. And the roommate's the one that called nine one one got the cops there mm. to see how the whole thing unfolded. But yeah, you know, she's been free on bail since her arrest in 2018. So 
They don't really talk. I guess the, the, the psychosis is the reason why the sentence was reduced so greatly. <laughs> Silver linings. She'll be. F- and then, yeah. Right back on the streets. What, what? Snapping out again. This time it'll be over a Starbucks Frappuccino. Well, hey, she's she'll had drink five it. years to snap. She'll drink it and she'll just start stabbing parking meter maids. Left and right. Now, the dog being a service dog, this is all according to her friends, and I'm not seeing reasons for why she had a... It, I see it called a service dog here and a support dog there. And a support dog, to me, is different than a service dog. An emotional... I would assume it's an emotional support dog. Now, I could be ignorant. It's probably not like a lean-up-against-you support dog. Yeah, it's probably not helping her with mobility. No. And stuff like that. It's probably an, I'm lonely and wanted to bring this dog everywhere with me. It's not a load-bearing service dog. (laughs) Well, anyway, so this story is back around, and I'm sure when the jury verdict comes in, more and more people will have heard about it, and so there will be more talk. And the Daily Mail across the pond decided to hop onto this reefer madness that's resurrecting. In America at the moment. Yeah. With an exclusive where they decided to work with uh, some groups that hate weed, some prohibitionist groups. Sure. And look up stats on murdered children. Oh, no. Yes. Good God. Someone really spent a lot of time doing that. They found at least 290 American children that suffered brutal, preventable deaths linked to marijuana dig this, over the last decade. Oh, wow. So again, you do some math here, that's 10 years, 290 kids, 29 29 a year year out of the whole population. And And that's what them uh, cherry picking and fudging. Exactly. (laughs) They break it down to 95 cases of extreme violence. Hmm. So, okay. Let's blame it on the weed, everybody. One thing I noticed in the stories that they tell here, and you know, maybe I'm a judgmental asshole, uh, but one thing I noticed is that these are they are mostly young kids, six or younger, and it's the mom's boyfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend. That's the word in the three first stories. You know, not dad. Mm-hmm. It's not their dad. Yeah, it's some guy that's in the house, seeing the mom, getting frustrated with the kid. Yeah. This has nothing to do with weed. Sure. No, the, the fact that they had THC in their system, well, fuck, a lot of people do for about 30 days after they consume it. Right. And it's not that uncommon. <laughs> Just, right. I mean, we were at the grocery store, man. That was like the loudest trip to the grocery store. I don't think I walked by anybody who didn't have like a joint lit in their pocket, it smelled like. Yeah. It was stank. Everybody in there. was loud as fuck. I was like, well, this is incredible. Young people, old people, everybody. Like, they have 18 like, year old. Am I the only one in this whole grocery store not holding? This is ridiculous. <laughs> I know. It was wild. It's been loud since before legalization, since uh, 2018 Farm Bill, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When hemp became 50 state legal. Mm hmm. But here, even the headline, you know. From 18-year-old who shot his girlfriend's baby, right there, is an issue I mentioned, while high on marijuana. Oh, God. To stoned babysitter who let two toddlers drown. It's just horrible. And these are 
things that happen all the time. You just had added the weed link in. They found, you know, yeah. Either they forced a blood test or they looked around. There's a bag over there. Yeah. Not a single one of these was about mom goes nuts and smashes baby's skull in because she was high. (laughs) None of them. Yeah. It's all, you know, the ones where they admitted they were high. Well, then they're neglect cases. Like the two kids that drown in the bathtub. There's a certain age where you cannot leave them alone in a bathtub. Right. If you're a babysitter, you should fucking know that. Yep. And the 18-year-old who shot off his gun on accident, well, that's because he was an idiot. Correct. That's nothing to do with weed. (laughs) The mechanism of the gun doesn't change because you smoked weed. If you can't handle a gun, put it down. Don't fucking show people your gun. Don't touch it. And he's 18, so there's another problem, you know? It's like stacked up, but they just blame it on the weed. I wanted to find the name of this group in here um, uh, because it's the acronym is POP. I hadn't heard of them. Oh, interesting. Before. Parents opposed to pot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. POP. They make the dumbest groove names, man. Yep. I mean, not that normal is some great name. No. Let's be honest, but it's... uh, it's like stoner clever and it works, you know? Because if you don't know, then you don't have to know. But if you know, then you know. That's right. With pop, it's like, come on, you guys. Parents opposed the pot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. And they had. It's like the thumbs up guy from across the room. I'm opposed to you. Okay. Cool. Thumbs up, baby. Sorry, you were saying. They linked to a study in here, right? To circle back to the story I started this off with. And their claim is that a study found that if you smoke weed every day, you have a five-fold increased risk of developing a psychotic disorder than someone who never smoked pot ever in their life. Smoke weed every day. And Hmm. I did not read the whole study because right at the top, you know what I saw? What? Funded by Pfizer. Oh, okay. The name you can trust. A name who would not want you to use plant medicine because they have the medicine that you can pay money for. I want my weed. Or bill your insurance or however the scam works next year. I've earned the right <laughs> to smoke weed. So, plus, at the end of the story, they end it with, interestingly, fewer children are dying of abuse and neglect as more states legalize. That's wow. weird. That like almost makes no sense. Yeah, because remember, some of these numbers come all the way back from 2012. Right, they got to go to 2022. All the way back in time, they got to go all the way down to the dumbest case. Yeah, yeah. of course, of course. Where, where else are they going to find anything? Little cherry picked fun fact in there: states allowing home cultivation have seen a 24.6 percent. Uh, oh, it says increase in reported incidents of maltreatment in the last 18 years. Well, 18 years. I don't know. Numbers, man. Numbers. <laughs> I'm a numbers man. <laughs> Whoever wrote that article is not, because it's not an easy read, but they are pushing for reefer madness, my friends. They need a nice graphic guy to really push the line graph out there. Oh, they had some bargart, uh, bargart, bar Charts? Bar charts. Yeah. Yeah, you got like the tokes axis over on the left, and you got the deaths axis over the right, and you got deaths per toke, man. It wasn't even that simple and eye-catching. It was like weed compared to other drugs, 
compared to abuse. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> Number of substances found as a contributing factor to the death of a child by deceased child user or other child or adult user. <laughs> and, Why do you think they call it dope? It's like alcohol, weed, meth, opiates, and something that their advertisement is covering. Other. Other. And it's just ugly. It's an ugly chart. Uh, marijuana, of course, had 33 dead children represented here for the year 2019 in Arizona. It can lead to other drugs. Be careful. Yeah. It can lead to other drugs. I don't think this stuff is working. What is the other drugs? <laughs> I don't know, but what I did learn is that in Connecticut, dispensaries were allowed to be open on Thanksgiving, but not liquor stores. Yeah. Nice little switcheroo there. That's silly. It is silly. They should all be allowed open, no matter yeah. what. They should be able to make their own hours. <laughs> but here we are. Puritanical America. Yeah, you gotta keep people safe. Without a free market. Otherwise, we won't be safe. Well, we have a free market, we just don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I also saw that Carnival banned a Florida woman for life. After she allegedly tried to board the cruise ship with CBD gummies. Oh, my dangerous God. CBD I gummies. I thought, it's 50 state legal. It's fine in many Asian countries, hemp and CBD. It's not like it was some full spectrum stuff there. With right. the dangerous demon THC. Just some CBD. Oh, well. Yeah, man. Oh, well. Carnival is a CBD extract, and the bowl is full spectrum. So that's why you hang out here. It's the sound of uh, (laughs) Carnival walking by. Yeah, exactly. A Missouri man is upset to find out he won't be getting a refund for his weed micro-license application. Uh, Yeah. Shocker. Kind of how it works. Unrefundable fees, my man. Well, they stipulated that... I think with the micro license, there was uh, a chance you could get a refund. Oh, right. Which is that also by lottery? Right. No, they had some guidelines. Please. They explained to him in court how he fucked up and broke the rules of getting a refund. Yeah. Uh, It's it was fifteen hundred dollars per application. Now, this guy owns a gardening supply business in Joplin. His. Business partner also submitted an application, and his mom also submitted an act- application, of which, of course, his name was on all three of those applications. Uh-oh. He's a stakeholder. Right. And that's a no-no. Yeah. Uh, you can't apply for more than one license in the micro-license category. You got to do it correctly. You can do it, well, but you yeah. have to follow the, you know, sleazebag guy. You got to have a straw man. You got to be in the fucking club. Yeah. You can't just do that as a regular business owner, small business guy. Yeah. Coming out from the outside. Come on, man. You think you are. That's not how this works, you (laughs) silly. So, yeah. It's just frustrating because, you know, you look at the state program at large and mm, it's a lot of big fish. It's a lot. There's a company from New Jersey that's working stuff here. There are ads for these micro licenses online that are being sold out of state. Hey, you could be a mop, mom and pop shop in Missouri. Just right. pay me. Huh. Yeah. How did this end up in Arizona? Hmm. It's, it's like all of their rules were just totally ignored. Shocker. And this guy, this guy is out $4,500, which from his interview with the Kansas City Star, 
is a lot of money to him. Yeah, that and sucks. It, it man. just sucks. You don't if you haven't been paying attention, you don't know how the game is played. Correct. Yeah. It's bullshit, but it's no surprise to us, of course. Yes. But it's, you know, yeah, that sucks if you're just hopping in for the first time with green eyes and, you know, a dream in your mind. Yep. You're just trying to do everything you can to get a license. <laughs> Naive. Mm-hmm. That sucks, man. It does. And, you know, if you hand the government some money, the only... <laughs> you're never going to see that shit again, no, my yeah. man. The only thing that can come out of that is that they want more of it down the line. Now you owe them, like, twice as much somehow. Yeah, oh, exactly. there's been a mistake, sir. You need to pay that same fucking fee again twice. Oh, yeah. Well, every year you got to pay taxes and... They just fuck property you taxes. Every angle. Every angle. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? They have the monopoly on violence. They can do whatever the fuck they want. We're victims of the modern age. Mm-hmm. In New Jersey, the Jersey City cops who were fired for off-duty weed and then reinstated are now suing the mayor. <laughs> nice. Yeah, they said that um, the city policy championed by the mayor that goes against what was laid out in statewide legalization saying that cops could partake off-duty. Uh, the mayor came in Jersey City and said, no, no, they can't hear. Well, they're alleging in this lawsuit that that was solely a political decision and that the unlawful employment policy is just a ruse done solely to bring attention to him and to assist his gubernatorial campaign to the detriment of Jersey City employees as well as taxpayers who are now footing the bill of hundreds of thousands of dollars in attorney's fees. I read that straight from their lawsuit. TLDR, we all know the guy's a fucking goober. Yeah, but what can you do about it in court, I wonder? I don't know. Overturn the mayor, get the mayor kicked out? <laughs> I think you should be able to spank the mayor 12 times. Send him back to Foggy Bottom. Bare ass, not that fucking, I'm gonna put a pillow in my pants bullshit. No. Bring back the tar and feathering. Hike him down 12 slaps, here we go. <laughs> That's what you should get from your mayor. <laughs> See, it'll be over before you know it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 12 lashings of the cane. I'd think it's perfectly reasonable. Me too. And then it would be over and done with. And yeah. We'll move on. That's right. Next order of business. Let's yeah. go. Don't charge the taxpayers for his court, you know? Yeah. Just, you got, hey, you were a bad boy. Gotta keep. Spank. Yeah. Spanks, then, you know, keep things running. <laughs> Spanks, see you later. <laughs> All right. Uh, New Hampshire, of course, has been toying with talking about creating a state-run dispensary program oh. and i brought a clip because um well at the state house the legalization of marijuana remains a political minefield the commission tasked with drawing up legislation for next year did not find common ground voting against making any recommendations there you go the chairman came up with the framework for a bill best thing they could have done state selected franchisees to sell cannabis with a 15% tax on gross sales. Jesus so this is a public-private partnership, right? So the state is going to be the regulator model, the regulator and, and controller, and then the retail side will be a private partnership with, with another organization. Earlier this year, Governor Chris Sununu endorsed a state control model for legalization, similar to how the state sells liquor. In a statement to News 9, the governor's office said, quote, the governor is open to discussing a franchisee-based system, but the success of such a model is in the details. The governor has been clear that any system meet his outlined framework or be met with a veto. 
This afternoon, the governor's office went a step further, telling the commission Sununu will only accept 15 retail storefronts under a franchisee model and asking for a ban on lobbying and political contributions by cannabis licensees. At the very last meeting, the last, not even hour, last half hour of the meeting, now all of a sudden we're considering things that flew in from the governor's office last minute. This is not how we legislate. Opponents and skeptics of legalization also pushed to change the mandatory distance from any cannabis retail facility to a school from 200 feet to one mile. Oh my God. Walk out the front door, you walk a block, you're right there. And talking about an enticement. Yeah, whatever. Do you see maps of like just regular places with a mile drawn, a mile circle drawn around every school? Like you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't be able to put anywhere in the fucking city. (laughs) Schools all over the goddamn place. Yeah. Like, I get it. You don't want one across the street. That's fine. But a mile is ludicrous. Yeah, there's often sea stores ac- across the street, though, where you can get cigarettes and booze. We go to Hickman, where they're <laughs> fucking 500 feet away from a strip club. It's fun. Woo! Titties and beer! Yeah. Oh, actually, we can't drink alcohol and see titties in Missouri, right? I'm not sure how it works these Stupid. days. They're always changing this shit, but yeah. Probably. Yeah, so, don't you just love that? When Sununu comes in and... Oh, yeah. Oh, there's going to only be 15 stores. Clearly, he made all his fucking phone calls, huh? Right, and no lobbying. like okay, Except fi- for the lobbying that already got to him. 15, store, 15 stores in the whole state only. We got our list. We got our short list. Short and, uh, list, yeah. And also, yeah, if, if you have one of these licenses, you have to forfeit your right to p- any political speech. You can't contribute to any com- campaigns. You can't lobby. Fuck off. It's unreasonable. It's a non-starter. Fuck you. And he waited until there were only 30 minutes left, you know? Yeah. Also, so them choosing inaction, I understand. But this deadline has been looming for months and months and months, and I haven't been updating with the non-updates. Right. Because I thought, well, the deadline will come, and they will either present their state-run dispensary legislation or not. Yeah. And tonight, or not was the option. So, hey, inaction on behalf of New Hampshire... But if I skipped a deadline, it would be off with my head. Correct. Just saying. <laughs> well, the government treats deadlines like they're fake and gay, which they are. But, you know, you're right. There's a double standard. We can't shrug them off, even though we do sometimes. But yeah, uh, Then you pay fines. Yeah. Like you didn't file your taxes on time. Yeah. Then they slap both your ass cheeks. So <laughs> just one. Didn't pay your fucking... Going through the toll bridge on time. <laughs> it's not good. Doo-doo-doo. No bueno. Mm-mm. Violation fee. Violation, man. Well, in New York, Governor Kathy Hochul signed a banking bill, which takes effect immediately, and authorizes the Office of Cannabis Management to disclose information about licensees and applicants to financial institutions requesting information when the application or licensee consents, ideally. I hope they're not just sending them information saying, hey, here are the bank accounts you should freeze. We have ways of making you consent. These people are in the weed industry, which is federally illegal, but it's cool here. Yeah, I get it, though. They need the information for loans and all that kind of stuff. And for a long time, it hasn't... It's just been many more steps than it needed to be. No doubt about that. And this is 
supposed to speed things up a little bit in a state which has had a very slow roll with <laughs> legalization. Another state that knows about government deadlines. <laughs> yeah, and ignoring them. Uh, the Court of Appeals in New York actually just rejected an argument that legalization provisions prevent searches based on the smell of weed uh, and that that should be made retroactive to apply to incidents from before legalization was enacted, if that makes sense. Hmm. A defendant in this case wanted a pardon of his crime because he got caught with a gun he wasn't supposed to have because he smelled like weed and the cops searched him for it. But that was before legalization in New York. And they're saying, no, that's not how this works. It's since legalization. Now they can't search you if you smell like weed. Good. Yeah. It's a step in the right direction after all. But it sucks for that guy that you can't go back and edit history according to modern law. Right. You well, know, you like, know, it's yeah. just not how things work. It, time traveling is a bitch for sure. Still <laughs> yeah. remains slightly out of our grasp. Yeah. We can't all be Adam Curry. New York State also settled that discrimination lawsuit uh, that they were holding license up over, and they brought a clip about it. Oh, boy. After months of haggling over the rocky rollout of cannabis licenses, New York has finally settled the suit. I will now call for the vote. The Cannabis Control Board was unanimous. We have just voted to um, approve this settlement. That's great news. And now it's just a waiting game. Now it's just a waiting game. Disabled military veteran Carmine Fiore of Levittown filed a discrimination lawsuit in August, claiming he and other vets were passed over in favor of those convicted of a pot-related crime in awarding dispensary licenses. Now, I feel like veterans were used to get a law passed, and a good law, one that helps many citizens and the state as well. But once that law was passed, I feel like we were cast aside for a separate agenda. Those arrested on marijuana charges, minority and women, farmers and veterans were supposed to be first, so the rollout deemed discriminatory halted to a dead stop. Hundreds of cannabis stores left in limbo over the legal weed war. I think with this, you're beginning to see a new chapter of New York State Cannabis. I think everybody here is somewhat looking to cautiously but optimistically turn the page and be able to move on to the next round. The judge still has to sign off on the stipulation agreement. That's what we're waiting for now. We don't know how long it's going to take or what what's going to be the next obstacle. Details of the agreement have not been made public, but litigants tell us they're thrilled. The card uh, program that has been stalled will be able to move forward. The slow pace Eventually. gave illicit peddlers <laughs> plenty of time to create illegal business in cash oh, no. without paying cannabis taxes. Oh my Only God, tell me it's not so. Cannabis shops have opened statewide. You yeah. mean people were buying weed from other people that sold them weed? Without- like unregulated? Yeah. Well, daddy didn't get a cut? Oh my God. That's the real danger. That's the actual danger. They don't give a fuck about psychosis. Oh, no, of course not. That's what they got their panties in a wad about. They're getting their fucking taste of the action. We're free market weed, right? Every time with these fucking... That's the new war. Fucking gay. And also, you know, if they wanted to make it easy for people to get the state-approved weed... Well, they're doing a crappy job at it because they only have 27 dispensaries in the whole damn state of New York. Hmm. And you know the prices are not going to be competitive. 
with the free market prices. Yeah, yeah well. It's true. They're playing whack-a-mole with the hemp shops out there. And uh, Wild, remember the vans? Wild West. Yeah. Wild West out east. <laughs> oh, New York's always been wild. No doubt, It's going to stay wild. Yeah, people are... <laughs> New York's going to do what New York does. That's right. And finally, there is a story out of Vermont where the USDA has reportedly revoked licenses from farmers who are growing hemp and state legal pot. And that would be state legal pot that they're licensed to cultivate. Jeez. So uh, Vermont legalized hemp way back in 2013. And so a lot of these farmers have been growing hemp for a decade. Right. And then, you know, got the hat on of weed. Uh, But it caught my eye because out of the 33 hemp growers in Vermont, only two of them were registered to also cultivate weed. Huh. So USD came after both their asses. That's how dumb we are. We have hemp and, <laughs> hemp and weed. Oh, gosh. <laughs> hey, such we didn't roller. say you could grow weed. We said you could grow hemp. <laughs> like, all right. Okay. Yeah. We got clown world here. Yeah. Stop that, the bus. That's all I got for behind the curtain. Oh, look at you. Stop the bus because I see the truck pulling up. That's right. Hong Kong gets the rev with another metal moment, which I love uh, getting into each and every Monday. And uh, this Monday is no exception. Because it's a Tuesday. Oh, my God. It is a Tuesday, isn't it? Always <laughs> has been. Got the astronaut pointing the gun at the back of my head. Always has been. I just see moment and Monday. They're equally associated now. You ready for a moment? I'm ready. I could use a moment, let me tell you. My body is ready. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. If you've been paying attention to the kind of metal that I'm partial to, you'll know that I kind of prefer thrash. Bands like Metallica, Anthrax, Sepultura, Slayer, and Megadeth. But I think I found another band that I can add to my list. Speed Trip hails from Bangalore, India, and captures the raw power and rebellious energy of thrash. From the album Apocalyptic Kill Zone, this is Speed Trip, Mean Machine. Here, the master war, I've got 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Oh, I love it. High energy, man. Picking it back up. That's what I love most about the metal moment. And we appreciate the Rev for bringing it week after week, bowl after bowl, baby. Give Rev a follow. He's over on No Agenda Social at Rev Cyber Trucker. And uh, you'll have a great timeline. Your timeline will be improved by that one simple trick. Uh, speaking of simple tricks, bowlers are pulling out their phones and they're pressing 816-607-3663 and they're participating in the leisurely activity known as the first time I ever did a thing. You know it as uh, F-Tie for short. We change the topic every week. And uh, we want to hear about the first time you ever did a thing. We got a brand new jingle hot off of the presses today. It's hot. Can you believe it? Oh, I believe it. Would you like to hear it? Yes, I'm jazzed about it. Here's a song I got to sing about the very first time I ever did a thing. Gotta pick up the phone and let it ring, ring, ring. Tell about the time you first did a thing. Mom, Dad, I did a new thing. The bowl. Wowie zowie in the bowl. Look at that. High energy. Fantastic. And huge shout out and thanks to Sir TJ the Wrathful. How do you like them apples? For putting a baby dwarfle up to it. (laughs) (laughs) There's a true professional. Epic. Love it. Yeah, thank you. He sent that in uh, earlier today via email and uh, wisely also pinged me several other places. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) Tell me, hey, uh, or a couple other places. I can't exactly remember. Lots of my Chris's get crossed. I know that uh, that's shocking to some of you bowlers, but. Yeah. Um, I told I you did about wanna, it for sure. I did want to read his little note. Uh, we made a little intro for first time I ever segment today. My seven-year-old sang it, but I didn't notice until I went back to mix. We had some clippage. I did the best I could to clean it up. Listen to this guy. <laughs> sending me like a pro uh, ISO and being like, yeah, it's a little messy. You know, uh, we did our best <laughs> and you crushed it. He crushed it. Uh, but either way, he says, here it is. If you so choose to use it, we do so choose. Yes. And he says, thanks for all the value you provide week after week. Well, thank you, Sir TJ. Yeah, because that value you just provided us is immeasurable. Absolutely. Uh, love you, man. And uh, love you bowlers out there. We got the first time I ever... Went uh, to Chinatown. Went to Chinatown. Thank you. bing a ling a ding 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 <laughs> There you go. All right. Uh, we're on a roll this one, folks. And uh, the bowlers are on a roll, too. Would you like to hear some weigh-ins here? Yes, please. I do have hot, fresh voicemails. Ready for you. Roll them. Uh-oh, caller. Uh, caller. Caller may be uh, a quiet caller. A silent call. I'm scrubbing, I'm scrubbing. Silent call. Caller shot a blank. I'm sorry, caller. Oof. You may want to reload right. and re-inject. That's right. Call again. We did test it, right? I don't know if anybody... Oh, yeah. yeah. It's working. Uh, so, yes. Caller shot a blank. But this caller, there's a transcript, so we know that there's something behind this. You want to hear it? Yes, please. Uh, hello, Delorean. Hello. And, uh, hello. Oh, Great. Dude. Excellent. Fantabulous. Oh, good. Uh, I'm sure you guys have already talked about Thanksgiving, so, yeah. We gave thanks. Uh, Chinatown. Well, Thanksgiving, that's pretty appropriate. A lot of people pull out their china and they go to town on their meal. Hey-o. For Thanksgiving. Um, 
I guess my my mother in law's China. I guess it's her China. I think it, I think it was her. Yeah, I guess it was her China or some of her China anyway. Got pulled out uh, for Thanksgiving, and then uh, did it at my brother and sister in law's house for my side of family the next day, and that was just a regular plate. So I was just that was just normal. That was just normal town, not Chinatown. Uh, <laughs> regular town. Chinatown like, oh fuck. Probably your guys' point of view would be uh, in the Bay and in Lavash's neighborhood, and uh, yeah, uh, went to Chinatown. I've been there a couple times in 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 the the, the, the Bay area. And uh, interesting thing, all the I got the I guess more authentic stuff, and then the more like tchotchke kind of stuff, too, you know, more more touristy and whatnot. Parking on this dude's just facing. Uh, anywho, uh, yeah, so it, it was cool, kind of fun to go, fun to visit, you know, and uh, you can you know, spend as little time, as much as time, I guess, as you want there. They got like a in the Bay Area, got like a China Garden or something like that, and uh, so there's that part, which I guess not Chinatown, but it's you know, in the realm of. So. All right, well. I'm going to go find myself a burrito and take it back and uh, and, and get back to the, the, the hotel because, uh, yeah, just doing a little overnight trip for work. So, anyhow. Hey, you go to town on that burrito. Bears and burritos and chips, you know? Yes. Goodbye. Right, love you guys. Stay dangerous. Uh, and uh, whether or not you're having uh, Chinese food or burritos or something else. Or Chinese oh, burritos. Is a spring roll a Chinese burrito? Mm, maybe. I'm going to think it is. Hot take. Yeah. Yeah. We all know a hot dog is a bread taco and not a sandwich. But, Fact. But is a spring roll a Chinese burrito? I think, I think it's there. Yeah. I think it's there. Thank you, caller. Yeah, thank you, caller. Always calling, giving us something to contemplate. Uh, you remember the first time you ever went to Chinatown? Well, probably not the first time, but the first time I remember going to Chinatown, I was around seven, and it was for Chinese New Year in 2000. And I remember it was cold as shit in Boston. This is Boston Chinatown, of course. And they did the little dancing shindig, and it was Year of the Dragon. So I think there were more dragons than usual, and it was awesome. And I was just totally blown away and mesmerized by all the puppets and props and costumes and the horrible smells. Very fishy smelling. Mm-hmm. And that was it. We didn't eat in Chinatown or really do much. I just remember seeing dancing and stuff in a cold Boston February. Well, that's funny because uh, the Boston Chinatown... Would have been my first Chinatown experience, too. Oh. Because they never really... Uh, I mean, first of all, Kansas City does not have a Chinatown. No, though we do have Chinese markets. There are Chinese markets, which is, you know... Everywhere. It's a little Chinatown just in those walls. Yeah. Which doesn't count. That's not a Chinatown. Chinatown is you walk for, like, a block of all of that, and you're just immersed in it, you know? Yes. Um, There's no place like that here. But there is in Boston, and that place is fantastic. And um, I'm almost certain it was with you that the first Aww. time that I ever uh, actually ventured in and like went deep delve. 
since I had like seen them or been adjacent to them or have that pointed out like over there is Chinatown, you know, but not like gone in and actually been to Chinatown, walked in, went to shops, had the greatest sushi. Oh my gosh. It was so good. Ever. For a reasonable price, I think we ordered like 50 rolls for $30 or some shit. Yeah. The table was covered. It was ridiculous. And so good. And we ate almost all of it. We took like some home, but we ate over half of the fucking rolls. I remember being astounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and see, that was a decade later after I got some more experience and footing in Chinatown and made mm-hmm. friends with some Chinese people. <laughs> yeah. So then my friends are like, you got to go here and go here. Try this place. Helps to know where to go. Yeah, definitely. And to have a name drop. Yep. Or else, you know. To eat oat. You're just some fucking white guy. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't too. speak Chinese of any dialect <laughs> also? That doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not, I remember taking it's you. It's not like Zalman on uh, YouTube where <laughs> they're talking shit behind the counter and he's like speaking Chinese right back to him. Yeah, ding dong guy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember taking the commuter train from Bridgewater to Boston with you. Lo this siento, was, no hablo espanol. That was your first time going back to Massachusetts with me. Mm-hmm. Your first trip east. We saw with me the uh, we saw New York too. Yeah, didn't we take a Chinese bus to New York from Chinatown, Boston to Chinatown, New no, York? No, actually, they remember the your grandmother intervened at the last minute and made us take a different bus. Oh, you were insistent that we'd take that bus, and you were, had your heart <laughs> set on it because yeah. it's like an experience, you know. Oh yeah, we take the Chinese bus to New York, and we'll go to Chinatown and this and that. Uh. And then uh, we rode the commuter train instead. Uh, well, that works. Yep. It did, in, uh, in fact, work. It got us there. Mm-hmm. And the shops. Um, This next caller got there. Hey, guys. Rev here. Hey, Rev. So, let's see. First time I ever went to Chinatown. Well, I was actually in my second year of high school. And a friend of mine... And myself decided we wanted to go surfing. So we were going to head out towards the Bay Area from uh, Central California, jump in this truck, head out to San Francisco. We get out to the beach. We spend a couple hours ripping up some curls. And then uh, someone shows up with beer. So we start drinking. And we were pissed drunk. I mean, fucking wasted I didn't even know where the hell we were going. And he says, hey, let's go get something to eat. I said, okay, sure. Let's go. You know, stupid us driving around, fucking pissed drunk out of our minds. Uh Uh-oh. And uh, we stumble across this Chinese place. We go, hey, let's go get some Chinese food. You know, that would be cool, right? We look for a place to park. We finally find one, and we start walking. and, And then both of us realize that, Nothing's in fucking English. Not a fucking thing. <laughs> and now, Rough. we're lost. We spent two and a half hours walking around Chinatown trying to find somebody who spoke English. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. oh, in the bowl. Love y'all. In the bowl, Love sir. Love you. In the bowl. Wow. Lost deep in Chinatown. Number's been disconnected. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, that was the last voicemail in the barrel. 
Yeah. We did have the blank one. Yeah. Caller. But uh You could call again, caller. These things happen, man. Mute buttons. They're they're big and they're easy to push. Yeah, and sometimes you walk away with them push and then walk back and you're like, I got something to say, but forget to unpush it. Sometimes push it again. you want the thing muted and it isn't muted. <laughs> you know, it can go both ways. It's easy. Walk a tight line here. It's easy. Walk a tight line. Uh, well, there were some tight bowlers with some tight calls, and we appreciate it. And we usually pick another one. Yeah, and I had two F-tie suggestions from Pop. Oh, from Saturday this is right. This is right, yeah. So they've the got to be major. The first one, obviously, the first time I ever made gravy from scratch. Okay, yeah. Which he did this past weekend. And was very proud of. And it was tasty. It was good. And the second one, which is also a suggestion, was the first time I ever got something stuck in an orifice. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we do one like that? Uh, we have like, first time I ever had something in my butt. I think that was it. Yeah, uh, something in your butt. So but orifice. Stuck. Orifice is different. Yeah, stuck in an orifice. Okay. You want to go with that one? Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like it. Stuck in an orifice. The show has kind of been stuck in an orifice tonight. I don't know what it is. Uh, Something in the air. Yeah. Don't you hear that jingle bells? It must be. <laughs> it's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. <laughs> what? 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 Hmm? Yeah, it is actually. Almost. Almost. Patience. Crepes. It's, uh, it was Christmas time when Halloween was rolling out, too, it seemed like. It's always Christmas time. Somewhere. Really, it's just time to say. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold. Yes. It's the only thing left to do. The fiddle gib. That's right. Well, a couple in South Philadelphia did not have as good of a Thanksgiving as we did. Uh-oh. Because their car was stolen. Happy Thanksgiving, your car is gone. Oh. And they were parked in a handicapped spot because they're elderly and handicapped. Mm. You Grinch. <laughs> and it's not just their car that's gone, but their walkers and canes also. Oh, no. So now, you know, that's they, awful. they talked to CBS about how getting around the house is okay because there's lots of things you can grab and yeah. reach for and lunge for. Literally couch surf. But you can't go out shopping and running your errands. Yeah, walking through a parking lot, forget it. So, you know, they put out a plea like, hey, can you please bring our stuff back? Because we need it. We're old and disabled and on a limited income. It made me so sad. That's fucking ridiculous. I hope they have a wonderful neighbor who can bring Christmas early, you know, and just get them some mobility gear. No doubt. Get them going. Find a cheap car, which it seems like it might be impossible these days. Cheap car. I know. But of course they had law enforcement come in and talk about the situation on CBS's uh, write-up. And they said that it was a Hyundai. And there are incredibly popular videos on Dick Doc about how to steal Hyundais and Kias specifically, and that oh those two God. cars make up the majority of theft 
in Philadelphia and that there's been a huge rise in crime and that the majority of arrests are the very influenced by Dick Doc juveniles. So a bunch of kids running around stealing cars in Philly. Thanks for subscribing to my channel. Today we're going to talk about how to boost a Hyundai. Um, like and subscribe. Share with your friends. That's fucked up, man. Hot wire, hot wire. It is fucked up. Now this is how you can tell you get the 2011 right here. <laughs> you, what could, the fuck? you could have any knowledge in the world and this is what you spend your time on. And really, it probably just came up while they were scrolling. You know? Doom scroll on that shit. The empire's collapsing, man. One video after another. Nah. It's a rebirth. It's a rebirth. Same it's thing. It's going to be better. Well, okay, sure. It's got to collapse to be built up again. Yeah. I'm tantalized by it. I think these are very exciting times, uh, and I'm grateful to be living through them. <laughs> there's no doubt that it's interesting. Never get bored. Oh, of course not. With it, all of the world's knowledge at your fingertips? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I could steal an elderly couple's vehicle. <laughs> what a wonderful world. I won't because I'm too old for that shit. And also, that's stealing. Yeah. Just learn how to take care of your own vehicle. Quite a complicated process. Yeah. And then you'd have great knowledge and a skill, and you could sell it to others <laughs> and help the community and make some money. Can't believe kids these days are out stealing cars. What's the world coming to? <laughs> no, I just can't believe that that's journalism these days, that it was in the article oh, like yeah. that, you know? Man bites dog, dog bites man. They might as well have posted a link to the videos and given a boost to those influencers that are making them, you know? Right. <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> or don't. Oh, well. <laughs> Washington Post had a fun story this week, though. Four Inmates escaped from a Georgia jail. A 33-day manhunt ensued. It was close to being in the top. Breaking on out, huh? Yeah. I decided to break it out on the lanes. Nice. So they saw on surveillance <laughs> this blue vehicle pull up, and a dude gets out, young guy, and he starts cutting the wire on the fence, walks in... <laughs> To the grounds and drops off a backpack and then leaves casually. Comes back a couple hours later and none of this is caught. You know, this is what really gets me. This must not be a very high security place. Dude had the time to park. He sat there overnight, then cut the fence, walked onto the grounds with a backpack. No alarms, no dogs, no. Shots coming from the bell tower. No, <laughs> he just walks up there. <laughs> and then he comes back a couple hours later, like I said. And first on the video, you see two guys jump down from a second story window and hop into his car. And a couple minutes later, another two dudes jump out. So, okay, we got four guys escaping tonight. And Ban banjo music starts. <laughs> yeah. They, of course, uh, put out a reward totaling $73,000 for information that would lead to their capture. Uh, kind of chump change these days. And for four dudes, you know, and we don't have bounties anymore. Like if you just roped them and brought them in. We don't? Should have been a lot more than that. I'm certain we do. What is it? That $73,000 that leads to their arrest or capture? Is that a bounty? Yeah. 
Dog the Bounty Hunter, bro. No. There's still bounties in play. It's just a different world, but yeah. Yeah, you can still catch bounties. Okay, well, okay. You bring all four dudes in, they might pay you $73,000. Seems low. Which seems Let's be low, honest. like I said, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> Maybe you can negotiate and like smoke bowls and drink beers with the guys while you're like, no, nah, we don't need more for these guys. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> these guys are crazy. <laughs> a lot more. They just walked out. Yeah, they're crazy. They just walked out and got into a car and were gone. Yeah. <laughs> and they're the first ones to do it. Like, what? Crazy. A group of them. Hmm. Well, anyway, one of them decided to order some food from a phone using one of those delivery apps. <laughs> and that's how they found him. Found out he was talking to a special lady friend and got access to her phone records. And oh, my there's God. The, there's the um, delivery. <laughs> and there's the address. Bing, Uber bing, bing. to this address, please. And then deliver Grub Eats to this address, please. Yep. Come on, man. And the last thing he said was a text that said, police at dub door, baby. I'm <gasps> going back to jail. Oh, no. <sighs> so romantic. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> 33 days later. Oh my god. A tale of romance. A tale of chicken nuggies. <laughs> Leading the cops straight to your door, baby. Ugh. It looks like there might be one guy still on the lamb. Death by tits yet again. Yeah. R.I.P. So, three dudes caught, one still out in the. You won't be shocked that the guy that's still on the run is the oldest. Yeah. 52-year-old gentleman. He didn't have a smartphone. He's off the grid. Yeah. Yeah. He's gone OTG. Maybe he's got set up at a homeless camp or something. <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. I just, hey. just, there's a lot of things you could do, but hopping on your fucking old uh, <laughs> oh. door dish account is not the move, dude. Nope, there's an update. They got him. Oh, no. They got him. They they found his belongings at a homeless camp. Oh, damn. But didn't find him there. And then a day later, he gave himself up. Oh, the noble thing to do. Ugh. God, that sucks. Yeah, that does suck. I guess the longer you... It's inevitable, right, that they're mm-hmm. going to catch you. Yeah. It just gets worse I, the longer I, well, you postpone it. I it don't know. It depends on how big of a plan you have, you know, and what kind of moves you can make, I suppose. Yeah. Like, well, do you have anybody you can call who also is, like, on the level and knows what the situation is, you know? Probably not. Yeah, with a secret key phrase that you say that's like, oh, shit's gone down and we got to. Yeah, you know, like, meet at a yes, time and place word. that's going to work. Oh yeah, you formulate get, a plan. Have outside, you know. No, no, it's just you got to like, plan these things way ahead of time. If you're just on your own, wandering around, and you got no direction, like, what's the point? I guess. I guess I don't know to live with free will. You got to get out of the country. I don't know. Nah, yeah, you're right. You got to go to Mexico and then sneak back over, and then you're good. Yeah. See, there's a plan. There's a hell of a plan. But anyway, thirty-three days of adventure. <laughs> It's a lot of fun. For those Georgia County inmates. They should write a book about it. That sounds like a uh, made-for-TV after-school special. Oh, definitely. 
Definitely. And they could definitely fit the scared straight propaganda in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't even order Mickey D's to your door without <laughs> being cocked. It's just not as fun. Like, usually they're supposed to all hop in a big laundry cart. <laughs> yeah. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. And get wheeled down some, like, steep hill and, like, crash to the bottom and then scatter. Not just hop in a car, drive away casually. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm guessing that dude's on the hook for something, too, now. It's like, dude, you got license plates, you know? Yeah. Your face is on camera. Could have made it a long, 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 long way away. I would, I would, that'd be my guess, if you're going to make it work out. Definitely. You can't leave Darla and them titties behind, though. Yeah, bring her with, but leave the phone. Anchor titties. That's the problem, is you got to leave the comforting technology <laughs> yeah, behind get a new fucking burner device oh I mean, yeah it's pretty simple just be resourceful my man like uh you could do this and that that's all i'm saying <laughs> simple as <laughs> I mean, we're not even at level one here bros no. come on just stay in the fucking cube it kind of amazes me that they were able to organize the escape in the first place it's it, it, that part is incredible it's impressive to have such success with that part. Yeah, and then a short-term plan. They needed a long-term plan. Such an absolute goose fart with the rest of it. Cabin That's, in the woods or something. You know? It's like, you had such potential. Like, oh man, we always wondered about old man Winters up there in the woods. Turns out he escaped from jail 50 years ago. <laughs> He's just been living off the land ever since. <laughs> He's a reformed man. Yeah. Nope, not these guys. Nah, need the pepperoni pizza and the titties. Yeah, there was another person in trouble that tried to run from the police, but couldn't hide. Uh-oh. Stacy Usher in Florida. Yes, it's a Florida woman. She violated her probation, allegedly sold some fentanyl, and unlawfully used a two-way communication device, without further detail of what that means. I guess unlawful use of a two-way communication device could be to sell the fentanyl, right? Yeah, because that's I guess un- so. You're being unlawful selling these scheduled drugs. Well, anyways, last Tuesday night, the cops pinged her location, uh, showed up, and found her hiding spot, which was inside her pullout sofa. <laughs> it kind of seemed like a good spot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she was totally folded up in there. You wouldn't know, but they knew. <laughs> well. Well, I mean, they got goggles that can see through your house, so... They probably watched her get in, and they were like, oh, wow, okay. Probably just looked at her house from the van outside and was like, oh, there she is, in the house. And then they got in, and they were like, oh, weird, there she is, it's in a couch, but, like, still could see her. <laughs> yeah. You know? They were probably just tracking her phone, and they're like, well, her phone is here, so she's obviously here also. And then they do, find my phone, find my device, ping, 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 ping from the couch. I think you would probably look for a heat signal before entering. But yeah. Right where you're at. Well, she's a convicted felon in three different counties and has a long, long history of fraud and grand theft and obtaining property by a worthless check. (laughs) Oh, those are the checks I hate the most, those worthless ones. Worthless. (laughs) Worthless. <laughs> you know, for the past two stories, I should just say, Bitcoin fixes this. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Anyway. I did say it. Bitcoin could have fixed this next guy, but eh, probably not. <laughs> In New York. Ooh. 
you really tried to sell. <laughs> I it, tried man. to set you up with this art. Uh, in New York, three men in masks got out of a Mazda, like ski masks, uh, and they decided to rob a tobacco store. But one of those guys had some bright underwear on that were hanging out of his pants, you know, pants on the ground. <laughs> yes. Robber number three had freaking brightly colored, multicolored undies with a big letter R in white in the year 1990 in yellow. <laughs> it, this is my whole tattoo thing too, right? Like, okay, so we see this and you're marked. And now <laughs> if I see you again, I know it's you. Mm-hmm. And so an anonymous tipster saw him trying to sell the merch he robbed to another location in Queens and also knew the guy. So he passed along dude's uh, gram handle oh, to no. the NYPD. And they showed up and arrested his 30-year-old ass thanks to his multicolored underwear. In New York! There's a payoff. He didn't have his lucky stealing undies on. <laughs> Clearly not, man. You were the unlucky ones. Yeah. My blend in undies were dirty that day. Uh, he had the caught your ass. <laughs> uh, not such a great story coming out of Connecticut, but what do you expect? A woman went to eat at a chain restaurant by the name of Chopped. Spelt C H O P T. Oh, Chopped. I shit you not. Chopped. <laughs> Cho- anyway. Choppy T. I typed into Chompy T today. <laughs> God damn it. She was eating a salad and felt something gross between her teeth. Oh, Took God, a look at no. It. Wasn't sure what it was. No. Called someone over. It was a chopped what? <laughs> it was a chopped finger. Oh, a not chopped a chopped finger tip. Not a finger! <laughs> yeah, apparently that manager severed her left pointer finger chopping up arugula oh my god and was taken to the hospital but that contaminated arugula was served to the customer somehow oh, so fuck the chain was fined $900 a whopping $900 fine mm. from the city you know but uh, now this woman is taking their asses to court with a lawsuit the claiming that she suffered injuries including shock I understand that one panic attacks Okay, migraine, okay, maybe from the shock, cognitive impairment, definitely from the shock, nausea, yes, dizziness, going a little too far, and neck and shoulder pain, way too fucking far. Oh, Jesus. As a result of eating the contaminated salad. I understand shock, nausea, and, you know, migraine, maybe, cognitive impairment for sure. You're like, what the fuck? And then you hear what happened, you're like, yes, ma'am, that's a fingertip. Uh, 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 yeah. Okay. But come on, the it's neck nasty. and shoulder pain. She just wants her chiropractor bill covered. She just there. was trying to look for some money. Clearly. Clearly. And uh, you know, somebody at a restaurant feeds you a fingertip, then they're probably gonna owe you some money. There's gonna be some money going down, probably. <laughs> Looks like nine hundred bucks wasn't cutting it <sighs> or whatever. And that's going to the city. Well, that's that one to the bitch. yeah, exactly. The bitch wants a little taste. Fines. Yeah, she got a taste, and now she needs <laughs> some make good flavor. You need some green to wipe that taste out of your mouth. <laughs> I didn't even realize Ugh. I was teeing it up. Oh, fuck. 
Chewing on a portion of a human finger. The worst part is I've had some experiences where I catch something in my teeth and I go, ooh, what the fuck is that? And then I just swallow. Yeah, just fucking forget about it, man. (laughs) Just forget forget about it. I don't suffer no shock. I don't suffer no trauma. I don't suffer no migraine or neck pain or whatever. I just eat it and poop it out later. (laughs) Also got no money, but whatever, you know. Yeah, you know. Let bygones be bygones. It's fine. It's probably nothing. Trade-offs, man. Little gristle. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, for one man in Missouri who went for a routine colonoscopy, it wasn't nothing. It was something. You know, he's a 63-year-old guy, has no family history of colon cancer, but you hit a certain age, and if you go to a doctor, they start telling you you got to get a colonoscopy done every so often. Mm -hmm. So, of course... He could only drink liquids before the exam. Uh, two days before, he had a pizza. That was like the last thing. No, no. And uh, they got in there. And what did they find up that butthole? An uh, intact fly in his colon. A fly. A, f- like, a fly? Yeah, totally I intact. literally don't know what the fuck button to push in this one. It could have been worse, right? Uh, yeah. And it's impressive that it's like fully there. It's a very rare occurrence for a full fly to move. <laughs> you know, and uh, how the fuck do they know? He had no. It's symptoms. rare for it's rare for colonoscopies. Or it's just rare in general to have a fucking live fly in your butthole. <laughs> I would hope it's pretty goddamn rare. Now listen, this is. They've got a name for this. Oh my god! And, shut the and fuck up. There's a name for everything. It's dude. happened before. And it's rare, but this does occur. Remember when we had the fly guy four years back? We had a fly guy. Credible. Intestinal myiasis. M-Y-I-A-S-I-S. It could be like my asses, but be a fucking my asses. My asses. Full of flies. Well, anyways, <laughs> intestinal myiasis is a medical condition in which <laughs> flies may <laughs> enter a gastrointestinal tract by depositing their eggs no. on food or in an area where the larvae can easily access the no, human no. body. So he birthed a fly. No, it hatched inside him and went through the maggot stage just eating <laughs> his shit. And yeah. It's just hanging out in there. It just hasn't found the way out yet. It's just, just like, fuck it, I'm fine here. Hanging around. Yeah. You'd think that would tickle every once in a while, that little fucker buzzing around in there. 63. I don't know if you uh, feel much anymore. Wow, Miss Optimist over here. (laughs) I like to. I would like to think that when I'm 63 years old, I would still be able to sense the sweet tickle of a fly's beating wings in my butthole. Yeah, but it's in your colon. But maybe that's my uh, optimism. I guess deep in the colon. That's too deep for nerve endings, huh? I don't know. It's not right See, there where you're rumbling farts out and stuff, huh? Yeah, like I think about when your stomach like gurgles or if you're hungry and it growls. Like and where the prostate's like, at. Flip. You said this was, oh, I guess a colonoscopy. Yeah, they're going to go deeper than the prostate. Yeah. They're go way up there. Yeah. Where there's a fly just hanging out, I guess. A fly. And he didn't swallow it whole. He's not the old man who swallowed a fly. They think, yeah, it just well, was an egg that made it. He swallowed the egg. Yeah. That led to the fly. Which, you know. That made them say, oh my. My Iasis. 
It's very rare, but here we are. You know what else is rare? Finding cannonballs. What had happened? In more than just Bob's Burgers. Old cannonballs were found by construction crews in Waltham, Mass, this past week. They were digging in an area for a new electrical conduit and found a section of pipe with several, and that's the journalist term there, you know, very accurate, several metal balls of various sizes. Big balls, small balls, I'm calling all balls. Yeah, balls to the wall balls, cannonballs. It doesn't even call them cannonballs except for in the headline. But, of course, Bomb Squad and Hazmat get called in. They had to evacuate the whole area, the <laughs> nearby shopping plaza, and it was a whole hullabaloo just to remove the cannonballs and take them to a safe location for disposal, which I think is a shame. All right, clear the way, clear the way. Nothing to see here. Just some balls. Get, the way, get out of it. Put some balls. Yeah, put them in a museum or build something out of it. You know, put them in a pile. I don't know. Could have juggled them. Have the Bomb Squad juggle them. Oh, that would be fun. And entertaining. Yeah. Bomb Squad Royale. Who's going to drop it first? Cirque du Soleil Bomb. Ooh, stream your sets now and uh, <laughs> make some bets. Bingo. I think the guy in the yellow hazmat suit is going to win. Well, in New Jersey, two different hospitals had to divert patients to another place because of a potential cyber attack. Oh, that was a bouncy ball. Ah, oh, dang it. Well, at least it didn't go in the other guy's gutter. Yeah, small it favors. Blamed it on a ransomware attack. Okay. And then it stays vague from there. Uh, they said there's no adverse impact on patient care, but at the end it says they can't confirm the extent of compromised patient health or financial data. So, okay, yeah, everyone got their IV fluids fine, but Everything you know, is fine. This is fine. Your credit card and your social security and your location and doctors and prescriptions, that's all on the dark web. Maybe. Maybe not. This is uh, Advent Health's fault, if you want to point fingers to someone. They said that they became aware of the security incident on Thanksgiving and immediately began safeguarding data and took its network offline. So that's why they couldn't take any patients in. Oh, we can't do our job without the computer. Even at a hospital. I'm sorry that your brain is bleeding. Can't do my job without your patient records and information in the computer. Can't just call and get a fax of that or have a physical copy somewhere that we can refer to. No, 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 no. It's got to be on the cloud. Fuckers. Anyway, they reported the attack to law enforcement, um, retained threat intelligence advisors, and are allegedly working to restore their network as quickly as possible. But CBS had a field day calling in cybersecurity expert Jack Danahy, who says this could be a two-phase attack with more than 200 facilities targeted last year. Mm. So, crepes, no privacy. No right to privacy anymore. You walk into that hospital and they pull all your butthole records off the cloud. I, don't know, I just think that's kind of gross that healthcare has anything to do with computers. Yeah. You know, like, sure, it speeds it up, but I remember, um, I think it might have been your kidney stone emergency room. They wanted us to sign up for shit, like, make a portal access, to, like, make an, an ID and blah. It's like, no, fuck you. Send a bill to my house. Right. I don't need an a username 
for healthcare bullshit. Correct. I shouldn't even be here. I made a mistake by walking in. Clearly. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Problem is, you're the only drug dealers that are allowed to give me what I need. Uh, it's a tale as old as bullshit. <laughs> hey, legal drug dealers. I should just be able to go to the pharmacists and get what I need, but no. Nah. Gotta get a prescription. Oh, well. It's fucked, man. Yeah, a guy got fucked. Oh. Orally. Uh, oh, oh, oh. On a plane. <laughs> I'm with you so far. Yeah, except for it was rape. Oh, <laughs> god damn it. By a woman. Oh, a woman raped yeah. the dude? Yeah, I guess that this really drunk gal boarded the plane in Turkey, and she was 29. Her name's Valeria, which sounds like some kind of disease or something. Or Valerian root, <laughs> sure. I suppose, if yeah. you want to go plant medicine base. Um, and she started trying to suck the guy's dick next to her, and he kept pushing her away and telling her to stop. And he said no, all right. But she pulled down his trousers anyway and committed violent acts of a sexual nature. Oh, no. Yeah, that's the journalist's writing. She tried to uh, now, bite him? Try a taste. Guaranteed See, to blow your mouth smile. When they say violent, that's what I assume, is that she used uh, too much teeth. But I don't know, because then it says that flight attendants waited until she was done. <laughs> Which is like, whoa, was she done, or did they wait till Thank he was you. done? This is why we fly Delta. And then I also wonder, like, wow. Did she get him done? She was just like, no, mister, listen, I give the best head in the world, and I just have to fucking prove <laughs> just it to you. Just trust me, man. While the mothers and their babies are like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> 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 just let her do it. We don't want to hear about it anymore. We just want to see it in action. Suck my dick right here, lady. <laughs> yeah. I'm just surprised you said no. Well, you know. It's not always the time and place. Yeah, being in a fucking tuna can with a bunch of people up in the air. Especially if the bitch has the crazy eye, dude. She's hammered and she's got the crazy eye. You don't know what the fuck you're getting yourself into. No, no, you better stay over there. Yeah, she definitely had the crazy eye. So, of course, she was detained when they landed in Moscow. And on her way out, she rummaged through the uh, compartment above their heads found a $100 bill and tried to bribe the flight attendants, but um, the crew <laughs> A little bit past that, honey. That $100 USD bill and put it in the trash. So then you know what that did to her. <sighs> she flipped the trash and dug through the trash to get that 100 bucks, because duh. I thought you were going to say they gave it to the guy with the chewed on dick or whatever oh, yeah. he's got, this poor bastard over here. You know, there's really no details of what happened to that dick. Fuck the victim. We'll just throw the $100 bin in the trash can. Like, violent, we have principles. Maybe it was she was just furiously sucking. Maybe it wasn't, like, maybe violence the wrong word. If you ain't furiously sucking, you ain't sucking at all. Right. What are you going to do? Just fall asleep with your mouth there? I mean, come on. Maybe, but not this lady. <laughs> Furious comes with the suck. Let's go. It's also worth noting she dared to smoke her e-cigarette on board. Oh, which boy. She is a problem She child. incurred a fine. And you know what the fine was? <laughs> I bet she incurred some fines over this shit. Dig this. According to her, which, again, how reliable of a source is she for information? <laughs> Don't know. Zero. But she says 
she incurred a fine of 4.4 pounds. <laughs> that's it. So that's like, what, 10 bucks? I have no idea. Oh, uh, let's see. Or 500 rubles. That means nothing to me in, unless you put it in sets. Yeah, 5.62 USD. So she had to pay five bucks. Five buckaroonies. So far. Yeah. Okay. Worth it. Pretty good for a aggressive blowjob, let's say. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of outrage from the passengers, but I, personally, I would have been entertained by the whole thing, I think. <laughs> I'm going to lose my fucking mind if I don't suck your dick right now. Not my dick. I would have been pushing you towards her. Like, Go on, babe. I let her. Let's see what this is all about. <laughs> <laughs> Too many red flags. Yeah, definitely. Too many red flags. You can't pay, even take it to the bathroom. Come you, on. You got to pay attention to the red flags, man. Just saying. Yeah, it's true. You can't ignore that shit. One red flag is already like, hmm. Yeah. But two and three, uh-uh. One, you pay attention. Uh, several, you got to say, <laughs> do I get a call in backup? Uh, one final story for the lanes tonight. Okay. Coming out of Colorado where a woman was training her service dog. Uh, that helps her move safely around. She is okay. uh, impaired or disabled or handicapable. Whatever perhaps. they call them these days. So she got to a Safeway with her Burmese mountain dog in training. And the dog slipped out of its harness and ran away. And so she thought, oh, shit. The whole community came together to look for the dog because they know this lady needs help. And she can't really do much searching on her own. But, you know, they live by the Rocky Mountains. And uh, some time went by. Two months, in fact. And she hadn't heard about the dog, so mm. she was making plans for a new one. When two hikers found a Burmese mountain dog with a broken leg. Ooh. And quite underweight. Three miles away. From where this incident happened. So uh, they attempted to rescue the dog, but the dog bit one of them in <laughs> Fuck fear off. and, yeah, yeah, in pain. Yeah. And so they called in some rangers for, for help who were better prepared and had some treats and a tarp. And the owner came to see if it was her dog, Nova. And it was. And the dog was so excited to see her that now the dog will not let her out of her sight. Uh, but. The dog can no longer work as a service dog because of the injuries that it sustained. Basically, it failed service dog training. Womp womp. But she's got a good buddy for life. Well, we got to get a little mix then. And you know, that dog survived some serious snowstorms and freezing weather for seven weeks. That's pretty excellent. Ending things on a good note. As we will hope uh, happens every time we go bowling. Best case scenario. You always want to finish better than you start. And uh, this is the time where we thank you for hanging out, bowlers. Been an interesting night full of wonder and merriment. Full moon energy going on for sure. Oh, yeah. Say goodbye to November and hello to December and uh, say hello to us next Tuesday night when we take over the No Agenda stream right around 9 
as soon as the DH Unplugged show wraps up. Right around 9 Central U.S. time. And in the meantime, check out that Void Zero Bulls with Buds. You won't be disappointed. Till next time, bowlers. I've been Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I've been Dame DeLorean. Till the next bowl. May your bowls burn ever brighter.